When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 435 with my homie David O'Neill. Yes, that is a new hoodie, David. Thank you for asking. And uh, dollar dollar bill, y'all. Okay, well, actually, we haven't talked since the five hour episode. We haven't, actually. <laughs> I mean, I, I did get to see you with Don the other day. That was fun. That was. <clears throat> Because I'm an egotistical douchebag, though, first let's talk about me. Um, so this hoodie is actually the the most. This design is actually the most time intensive design I've ever done, and it doesn't look like it at first. It just looks like a dollar bill. It, you know, you'd think it maybe the Bob Lazar one, or maybe the 2001: A Space Odyssey, or the DNA. What this actually is is in fall to winter 2019 right before I started this podcast is when I did the Bob Lazar hoodie um, it's when I did the 2001 Space Odyssey the Pharaoh ones that, that fall was like my like I don't know if you know this but the guy that discovered heroin also discovered aspirin 11 days later he just hit it out of the park twice <laughs> you know sometimes sometimes you get lucky like when, that and you're gonna need it for you know yeah if like, you're partying like that you need it for the headache when, can when, i get a can i get a close-up of your right shoulder though that um that little emblem there that you know we, uh, us and the we all love so much yeah yeah so, okay so <laughs> so um the point yeah the point is is when it rains, it pours, and I was just, I was putting in the hours. I was actually, I would i would actually time it on my, put a timer on my iPad, and I just wanted to see how much work I did. And um, Bob Lazar one, I think, was like 40 or 45 hours. Um, 2001 A Space Odyssey one was closer to like 60. This one was actually, I want to say it was over 120. And what it was is this when I was in graphic design school at Southern New Hampshire University online, and I wanted to my designs were so out there that this is before I ever considered putting them on hoodies. I just, I was like, no one's ever going to like, these aren't like fresh, cool designs going back to school. I mean, it was like Marilyn Monroe. There's one I never finished. It's Marilyn Monroe and JFK. And they're like fucking on a pile of like a uh, bloody sleeping pills. You know, it, you just need to work like the Nancy Pelosi into that one somewhere. Because isn't there isn't that like a rumor that somehow like Nancy Pelosi got involved in in the JFK thing? I don't think um, she's old. P- I, point is, I I think there's a rumor that you know she was a bit of a, a of a connoisseur back in the day, doing a little bit of the little bit of the old uh, old school networking. A little yeah, the little networking. Yeah. yeah. Point is, is I was sending my designs to snowboarding companies because i was like they're they're rad like they'll yeah so i was sending them to burton um i forget the other ones but there was one company and mind you none of them ever got back to me mind you and so i was making these this is why all the files i make if you'll see a lot of them are huge panoramics like the bob lazar one or they're all well they're the dement the, the ratio of a snowboard that's how i was making them and i was making them like 4k tall and like 16k i mean these were these these files were were 
five, 10 gigabytes for an image. This one was for Capita snowboards. And I figured Capita, capital, capitalism, thought I was being unique. So what I did is I got a super high resolution image of the dollar bill. And I went in and aside from the signature of the, of the um, treasury, I went in and I mean, if you blow it up on like a big IMAX screen and look at it, I, I think counterfeiters or I think the Secret Service would, would nod at my attention to detail. I went in, everything you see on here, so the, the serial number, I'm always the mirroring video always fucks me up. The serial number, that's their phone number. The the dollar bill thing, it's uh one of it's called I guess their headquarters is called the mothership. And they always say made in Austria. Made in Austria, which ironically enough looks like some Nazi shit. Um, right? One of their Fourth say- right, baby. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> one of their sayings is um the is the portal of infinite realities, everything is possible. Again, you know, they're all psychedelics. So you can see that here. Um, co-founder of Capita Snowboards. Co-founder. Uh, that says Capita. Ben Frank is actually wearing goggles. Um, their whole thing is, is their whole thing is clean energy. 100% clean energy. Um, I think there's another... Yeah, well, yeah, then right there, Capita Snowboards. Um... Oh yeah, that's, that's freaking wild! I, I love that you, you you made merch for a company that didn't even pick it up. <laughs> oh, I, I made it before I ever even emailed them. <laughs> I yeah, just, I know, but still, that's beautiful. Yeah, you can see co-founder of Capita Snowboards right there. But it so the thing is though is if nothing on this is and it's a weird technicality. None of it is is fake. It's all cannibalized. So I got like several high res, I think I got it from like, you know, the treasury, like their website. They have like a four by six K scan of a hundred dollar bill. I went in, so all the letters you see, those are all genuine letters from like that part of a dollar bill. They're taken, they're rotated. Um, Sometimes I couldn't find a letter like an R or something. And so I'd have to make an R, but I would make it using their alphabet of actual letters. secretary and stuff it's all cannibalized down to the pixel so none of it's like i didn't make anything it's all from them the numbers everything to the point where if you zoom in it's only you can only print so high resolution if you zoom in on a big thing you can actually see like the silk security strands that they that Mm -hmm. they i made those and i made them (laughs) stay continuous I'm not kidding, dude. My parents. Dude, you have a you have a future in forgery that you know just that uh, yeah. needs to be expanded. On. Well, well, that's the thing. Is I'm either going to make money on this hoodie or I'm going to make money working for China. Either way, I'm getting the Benjamins. <laughs> but the point is, is I put, I want to say over 120 hours into this, and at first glance, people are like, "Oh yeah, it's a dollar bill." And I'm like, "Look closer." And they're like, "Oh, it says Capita." I'm like, "Keep looking," and they start to see the watermarks, and they're like, "Oh my god!" It's, yeah, from a distance. I mean, it, oh yeah, yeah no, it, just just hundreds, right? But the yeah. more you look at it, well, that's why I did it. Is even the shadowing on like the Capita snowboard. The one thing I couldn't get was that green. I couldn't edit that, so it just says Treasury. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't get in. But it's, and I sent it to him. This is how fucking crazy I was before I started. I'm still crazy, but this is how crazy I was. Don't it, stop being crazy. That's where the cool kids are. I'll never stop. <laughs> but like you know the the Pharaoh hoodies. That was like I just liked it because it was insane. Making these 
this one alone is probably the height of my insanity because whereas like the Bob Lazar or the Pharaoh one, those are cool, but those could also just be any snowboard. This one I made for Capita having no correspondence with that company ever, not even knowing someone who knew someone. Just, I made this, I put 120 hours over like 14 days and they just never emailed me back. <laughs> and I was just like, well. It's like, motherfucker, you make the best merch that you guys don't even know about. I know. And so I'm hoping maybe I'll send this video and someone will see it. That, the 2001 A Space Odyssey one, I forgot. I made that, it has cuneiform writing in it. It has, it's the same thing. It says like the, the portal of infinite realities, but it's written in cuneiform. That's like a 30,000 by 6,000 pixel. You can't even display it on it. We've been jerking me off for nine minutes, so enough about that. But I did get this in the mail yesterday, and I wanted to show you it because it is at first glance. I mean, it's a pretty damn cool hoodie. I mean, you know, you. yeah, and I can't, I couldn't even see the the snow goggles at the top until you lifted it up. So, like from a distance, it just looks like a perfect, you know, <laughs> rendition of a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, but uh, you know, listen, if snowboarding isn't going to pick up your merch, everyone on Don's server is talking about, you know, they need to pitch merch ideas and whatnot. And so I straight up told him, I'm like, dude, you need to draft Tommy for that, man. Oh, you know, he's, do it. We, we need we need the Ayatollah Don hoodie. I, I, dude, I will. So the podcast before TPC was a podcast that ran for three episodes. It was called the Warlords Podcast, and it was me and my two cousins because it was a Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving 2019, me and my my cousin Chris was hammered. I was sober. And we were sitting there talking about how would we take over like a tiny island in the South Pacific. And it eventually concluded with we're going to crash a cruise ship into it with a bunch of mercenaries and take over. We didn't know that his fiance was on speaker the whole time listening to us. And like 45 minutes in, she's like, you guys know this? This is, That was like a really fun conversation to listen to. And he was like, Karen? And we were like, what? And she was like, you guys should create like a fucking podcast or something. And she sounds like she's from my cousin Vinny. And I was like, let's create a Warlords right. podcast. And that ran for three episodes. And I said, fuck it, I'm making my own. But we made original merch. <laughs> and listen, it was, we, it, we can conquer the Tonga with as little as a company size element with you go SKSs, okay? It's it's good. It, we'll burn the boats once we hit the ground, and then yeah. everyone will be motivated. We're good. Fuck yeah! <laughs> for the for the the show though, I made us a logo, and it was Warlords Podcast, and it was written in like Soviet kind of like uh, propaganda. And I did a picture. It's me, my cousin Tim, and my cousin Chris. And uh, I made Chris into um, uh, fuck. Um, who's the Libyan dictator? Gaddafi. Gaddafi. I made him into yes. Gaddafi. He's got the Colonel Gaddafi. I love him because he does the double fist bump. Yeah, I, I made Chris Gaddafi. I was Kim Jong Un. You can. I, I think I've sent you that photo before. I use it, and it's me as like glorious leader. And then, I don't think you sent me that one. You um, got. You got to send me that one. And then my cousin Tim was. Um, I made him into. I want to say Castro, but uh, I'll find it right now. But point is, is I know we just stroked my ego for 10 minutes but i did want to tell you about that but you did watch the show yesterday with don oh hell yeah i was i you know i was there you know with the spicy chat lads and i'm not going to repeat the things that we say in spicy chat for uh for obvious reasons but if you know who don is you should go to entropy and you should just you know maybe maybe be a part of spicy chat because it's really fun we do spelling bees and stuff and you know they're not the best spellers in the world they are peasants and plebs but you know Occasionally they get it right. What is super? Sorry, I'm trying to find that the picture for you. I'm multitasking. Um, 
is Don actually creating a city? Uh, yes. Um, you know, the, I, I haven't looked into it. There's a whole room on the server where they, where they're playing all that. And the only reason I haven't looked into it further is because I, I think they're more, uh, heart set on Texas and I'm kind of, uh, at, at the moment, I gotta focus on Florida. So I, I happily, I love the idea that he's starting a city. He is actually starting a city. They are planning a. a they, I mean, I feel like they got the manpower to make it work, and I'm happily over here, willing to set up Club Branch East, and we will be the Floridian Gulf Coast allies that will um, provide support to our brothers over in Tejas. The Don, the the Don Floridians. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's happening one way or another. Oh, that is that is good. That, that is really good. That was me. I was pushing like a, a hefty 220 at the time, but that's me as a North Korean dictator. That's fucking perfect, man. Oh. Like that is. <laughs> um, my my cousin Chris, I made Chris into. Uh, I made Chris into Gaddafi. And then, oh man! And my cousin and these and these, they're coming on. They're, they're going to come on the podcast at some point, so I can show who they are. But I made Tim into Castro, and uh, <laughs> this was our this was our thing. Warlords podcast. I don't know. It's not focusing. That, that's yeah. beautiful, man. That that was really beautiful. You definitely need to get them back on and just make bring that back for the thumbnail or whatever because oh. that, that's that's too good not to use again. But the point is, is I knocked those out in like a day. I so I can I can definitely make one of Dawn as whatever he'd like. I mean, I, they are open for any and all ideas. So I'll do it. You know, th- throw out the Ayatollah Dawn hoodie, man. I'll, Let's go. I'll fucking do it. But um, yeah, man. It's uh oh yeah, and also the last time you were on here, I was in the echo chamber, and now, now you got all the panels, you got the hot box, dude. Now I am in the the anechoic chamber. Now it is, it's we, it's so quiet. It's I'm it's so quiet that when like it's just me in here, if I plug in my iPhone, I can actually hear like the hiss of plugging something in, which I never knew Dead. existed. Just dead ass harmonics, man. It's just you're like, what the fuck is that noise? And you're like, oh, that's my that those are my AirPods charging. You're like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's quiet in here. I, uh, I know I sent you that video a while back of like the the TACOM structured barrels where they make barrels for firearms that are meant to be as harmonically dead as humanly possible, and it's just. That like that the kind of science that goes into capturing sound and just deadening amazing. sound like that's just absolutely freaking insane. Just engineering autism to the extreme. It's amazing. And fuck, as you're saying, when you do it right, you notice you will hear the electric buzz. I mean, it, dude, it's eerie. Like I don't, I don't stay in this little spot unless I'm doing a podcast because it, I don't want to. <laughs> oh, you probably cook in there. <laughs> it's well, it, not only that, does it, well because I have that uh, my HVAC cooled MacBook. Remember the I showed you yeah. those tubes? Well, now that doubles as actual. I just turned the fan on. I just turned the AC on. So now there actually is two pipes of fresh air coming in here. So oh, that's nice. Yeah. No, this is like a this is like an early submarine. This is like an 1880s submarine. <laughs> like, I, I remember when I was a teenager at my um, 
at my parents' house, the, the room that I was in was like the, the least likely one to get the AC basically from the way the ducks were set up. Yeah. And with my whole computer set up and, you know, in there and everything as a teenager, I remember that the house would be set to 72, but my room would be like 90 just just because of the electronics alone in there and that was just i thought and i and there was a time where i thought about get doing like sound panels and stuff like that too not even for podcasting but just you know for for deadening shit and and when i figured out how hot that would get on top of that i was just like man fuck fuck that whole thing i'll wait until you know i move and have my own ac and shit well that's what it was the big room above my parents garage where i was is it would get so fucking hot there in the summer that po- podcast had to be at like 8 a.m or or like 3 a.m <laughs> oh yeah no yeah it had to yeah it had to be in the middle of the night um all the fans on and uh yeah no i would i would actually had this like cooling pad and it wasn't meant for cooling i'm sure it probably did long-term damage to my ipad or my uh my laptop but i actually take this like piece of metal and put it in the freezer and as soon as the podcast is over, I'd go grab it and slide it under and start processing. <laughs> Just an early heat sink. Hey, man, you know, ghetto heat sinks. It's, it, it works. I've played enough Battletech to know that, that works. You just slap more heat in the sinks on something and it'll work. It'll start working. Um, speaking of, uh, of gaming, my, uh, my best friend, who I've known for almost 20 years now, is, I mean, is the most talented gamer I've ever met in my life. I mean, truly, like, next level. That's only because we haven't played Counter-Strike. <laughs> I, I think he was, like, ranked, like, in the top 100 at one point. He's, he's, it's, uh, it's, you can notice by my facial expression, it, it's like, it, it it's, imi- it's intimidating. When, when I was just starting to get out of my Counter-Strike phase, they were just starting to use technology that would track pro players' eye movements as they're playing the game. Uh, and if you watch, I, I mean, like actually on the screen, showing yeah, yeah, you the yeah. little circle exactly yeah. where they're focusing on the screen. And it, like if you watch the actual pros play that versus like the, the average person play that, like just the, the rapid eye movement alone of checking every little corner, every little thing, you know, always having your crosshair where the head is going to pop out around that corner. It's like if they're not on Adderall, they are so fucking hyped up and trained that they are producing enough dre- adrenaline when they're playing in that game that they may as well be on Adderall. And that's why it's like, you know, you you watch, you know, like in some old school ESE, well, I shouldn't say old school, you can still go and watch like professional Counter-Strike, but you watch those guys play and it's like, it's like the old like uh, samurai movies where it's like you see two dudes come out and, you know, like, you know, one of them swing the sword, but, you know, you're just waiting because the other dude's already dead. Like, boom, as soon as the other dude comes out, you know, like the sixth sense goes off and the dude's firing the shot as the dude's coming out and just boom, he's gone. Oh, it's just it's, it's over that quick. Playing with him is, I mean, it's insane. It's, yeah, because you watch him when he, when you, you might be on like a split screen or something, you see how he's like moving. You're like, dude, what are you doing? And you realize mm-hmm. just how, just mm-hmm. how, I mean, 80, 80. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even, even simple shit, like just the amount of time he like cooks the grenade and you're like, dude, that's too long. That's too long. What are you doing? Let go of it. What are you? Boom! And you're like, yeah. what the fuck was that? But we, it, we had this... That, 
that level of timing, man, it's like, you know, when you go, like, when you're playing that game, you basically have a, like, like, every time a round starts, you have a little clock that's sticking in your head, and it's like, I need to be at this position at this many seconds in, I need to be covering this corner at this many seconds in, and if this dude doesn't pop this corner by this many seconds in, I'm already relocating, and I'm going to set up on this other corner, because that's where the head's going to pop out, and then boom, he's gone. Yeah, it's, you know, and that's that's just high-speed game theory, high-velocity game it's, theory. <laughs> and it's, it's, ins it's insane, and I remember we used to play in, like, high school, we'd play, like, three on one we get like halo one split screen in my buddy's basement he had this huge uh this huge projector and we'd play and it's the only way we could make it somewhat realistic was us three to play against him we'd play like blood gold should be it'd be matt with a pistol and be like one of us with a sniper rifle one of us with a rocket launcher and one of us in the scorpion tank and it's like sometimes we'd even it out and the only way i ever beat him is it was 2009 and we played a game it's me versus him but every time I killed him, he had to take a shot of vodka. And I didn't. And That'll do it. I think we played for a couple hours of nothing really happening. Well, not nothing happening. Him running a train on me, you know, killed the death of, you know, a thousand to zero. And then finally, on some fluke, I like fired like the scorpion across the, the, the level. And like a shell hit him just on like a we are lost in conversation. And it was just like, you know, like, kill shot. And it was like, I got him. And he was like, fuck. So he took a shot. Curved his skills just enough that the next kill was like 30 minutes later. Took a mm -hmm. shot. Next kill was like 18 minutes later. And it spiraled and it spiraled and it spiraled to where I was... You know, sitting next to him, next to the toilet, and I was like, "You gotta throw it all up, man! Like, I'm not letting you go to sleep until you throw it up. I don't want you to die." <laughs> it was like 4 a.m. That's the only time I beat him. But uh, yeah, he's been playing. Uh, the best guy I know at video games has been he's been using the same monitor since 2008. You have and to have those incredibly like a bink and no, stuff no, like he that. Has like a shitty like 11 inch or a CRT. You know, the well, the until like binks and a lot of like really. Um, high FPS monitors like became common and everything. Uh, like a lot of the old school guys, they preferred the the old school little CRTs um, just because it it was quicker and whatnot. And you know, on the on the subject of, of drunk accuracy and drunk gaming, it's like you know when you start taking those shots. Like one of the the, the hardest thing that you have to remember is that whatever side your dominant eye is on. So for me, it's my it's my left eye, right. So if you're seeing double or triple, it's very important that when you're drunk as shit and you're seeing double or triple. The correct target you want to hit is on the side of your dominant oh, eye. The that's the that's the important thing to remember there. Yeah, that kind of gaming. And and also, if you take a, about a half a hit of LSD, kind of negates the effects of alcohol. So then you can use that to drink people under the table and really fuck them up. Well, that that's a recipe for. for just, <laughs> it's a it's, but yeah, he's a. Don't take this as advice, kids. Don't um, not, don't, we, don't we are, do this. We are not doc. We're kind of doctors. We're like half doctors. You know, um, you went to medical school. Yeah, um, you know, I got I, in. I it's the I, same. I, I got EFR certified in Southeast Asia. It's close enough, right. you know? It's, it's, <laughs> it's the same thing. But he doesn't – He, I told him last night, but it's his birthday coming up, and I'm surprising him with a – I surprised him last night with a gaming monitor that looks like it could cure cancer. It's one of those enormous, like, wraparound, super high refresher. And he thought I was fucking with him, and I'm so excited. And – Maybe I might unleash an animal on the world 
now that I'm upping his skills. It's like it's like taking a, a knife it's like taking Dale's knife and giving him an H and K. It's like I'm I feel like I'm giving weapons to the rebels. And it it's I'm just excited. Yep. There's it's you know, I, 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 I love him. It's a fun thing to do. You know, I remember, you know, it, it's really fun to just see someone that's just like at that next level and just set them loose on some scrubs and watch what happens. You know, I remember um, there was a, I believe it was a Swiss dude um, that we used to play Counter-Strike with. And, and, and of course he would always have really high ping when he would come and play with us. And, but he was always like lighthearted. He didn't really care about his rank or anything about getting D rank playing with scrubs and whatnot. And he'd just be going around, honey hopping around the freaking map, coming up behind people, stabbing people in the back to shoot people in the face like midair and shit like that. And just, just really fun over to top level shit. And, you know, you forget about, but you, you go and you play these games and like Halo to an extent. It's been around long enough, but like going into like Counter Strike or something like that. Not only do you have people that have been playing this game for over 10 years, but there are people that have been playing these specific maps for over 10 years. Yeah. And it's just like the, the, the game sense and the map knowledge. And it all kind of comes down to that, that sixth sensibility of like, I'm actually firing the round before the dude's head pops yes. out around the corner and it's yes. hitting him as he's coming out around the corner. Yeah. And it's like just that level. It's, it's like it, it's you're in this flow like once you hit that and you've been in that kind of like zone it's just it's so fucking fun it, it, it's it's an adrenaline it's why i had to stop myself from gaming so i could focus on research because yeah. i could just get sucked into that dopamine uh rabbit hole headshot 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 yeah. headshot headshot and, and it makes me feel so good that i'm like fuck it i don't even need to read about china i'm the baddest motherfucker on counter right? well that's but <laughs> that's why i that's why i've been trying and i've actually i'm not even kidding i have talked about this to uh a physician before and uh he thought it was retarded but uh okay but it's what i do it's because i love for me gaming i mean i've got a nice 4k tv i've got an xbox one x i'm never someone that will upgrade because i'll get lost in the pc rabbit hole i'll get more lost in developing the computer than playing the game as you can see with this student mm. i'll never play the game i'll just end up building a quantum computer what i love is i love i, I mean good graphic xbox one x no it's not the series x no it's not an ak it's a one x it's a good 40 inch screen i like it it's good it's good enough for me what i really love is i love getting intimately familiar with a game i love uh, not, not even necessarily speed running like call of duty modern warfare 3 i love like the wave maps it's an old game i love just cause i love seeing how quickly i can liberate everything but what I do is I use these as just they're they're like 2021 versions of like solitaire or something mm-hmm. or um or twiddling your thumbs and that's that's how I mean I've said it before that's how I listen to audiobooks because mm-hmm. I mute the game and it's important that it's a game you understand well if it's a new game I've tried it before right mm-hmm. a new game and you don't know what's going on even if you mute it you're still like you're not focusing. So you have to do something where you know the controls, you know everything about it, and you just listen to audiobooks. Dude, I've probably taken down 150 audiobooks in the last 12 months. It started at the beginning of quarantine. I bought an mm-hmm. Xbox One X the day quarantine started, and I was like, I have 12 months, or however long this is going to last. And I was like, I want to come out on the other side with something to show for it. So one, I was like, I'm going to do a podcast episode every day. But as I was doing that, I realized I was also playing like four hours of Far Cry 4 every night. And I was like, a lot, this time is going to build up very quickly. 
and I want to have something to show for it. Why don't I start listening to audiobooks? And like mm-hmm. the first time I ever did it was like, I think I was listening to an Annie Jacobson book, and I just decided to. I was playing Just Cause Three, and I just decided to mute it and turn on an audiobook. And I realized I was like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm learning, and it's so weird now, because now, just like smell brings you back to certain memories. There are like, there are certain games I play that I'll go back. If I play Watch Dogs 2 and like drive around the little drone and like inside the HVAC systems to go kill the bad guy, whatever it is, there are these things that I see, just certain parts of the map, that it flashes back chapters mm-hmm. that I completely forgot. And I'm like, Hitler's doctor, Dr. Tador Morell. He like his uh his pharma works uh, company was in the same area that right now is being taken in Ukraine, right? Donbass. And just mm-hmm. or I'll play Just Cause and I'll be wingsuiting up a mountain and I'll be like, Operation Ivy Bells and it'll be like where we had nuclear submarines in like some port in Soviet Russia. But there are these weird things that as I play more, they kind of I associate these areas of certain maps with with actual like information that I learn from. And I've tried to push this idea on people. I think everyone thinks I'm insane. But man, it's for me, the point is, is it's like guilt-free gaming. I don't, like you said, you get lost in the dopamine rush instead mm-hmm. of researching. I say, why not both? Well, I actually had a similar conversation uh, with my family doctor that you actually had. And he kind of had the same take. I actually had uh, kind of a small brain take where he's just like, man, these guys that just play video games, that's all they're doing is they're just looking at the screen, clicking the button, clicking the button, clicking the button. They're not really thinking. They're just clicking the button, receiving dopamine. And, you know, at first I just kind of wanted to like backhand them upside the head because I'm like sitting there. It's like, you have any idea how much thought, like, you know, as I said before, thinking about like the, the timer that ticks off at the start of every round where you got to know exactly where you're going to be at what time and whatnot. I know that there's five other dudes. I'm putting myself in the headspace of five other dudes and keeping track of where they would all potentially be. If I see one dude here, I'm thinking, how does that correlate to the strategy of where the other guys would be on map? Like I'm tracking every, all these little things and the doctors didn't even get that kind of part of it just thinking you know you're just clicking the button and it's like yeah sure there's games like that and there are people that just kind of play it mindlessly but when you actually when you're actually playing a game and you're taking it seriously there's a lot of stuff that's going into that and, and on the subject of like using that to learn you know that's my favorite way to, to listen to an audiobook because if I, I listen to an audiobook or i go into great courses and i put a, a course on or something like that and i'm not doing anything to occupy myself i can either pace and listen to it and that's fine. Or I'll be sitting down and I'll start reading a bunch of other stuff as yeah. I'm listening to it and I'll stop, you know, and yes. I'll stop paying attention. But if I put on like a grand strategy game that I know like the back of my hand and yeah, and I'm just sitting there conquering the world over and over and over and just, you know, doing war crimes nonstop, you know, and, and I, I can I can totally, you know, pay attention to that. And of course, with most grand strategy games, it's like you're playing single player, you can pause at any time. So it's just kind of a perfect thing to have in the background just to, yes. you know, uh, the fidget with while I'm listening something and so for me that's incredibly helpful and as you're you know as you say and stuff like that you know a lot of that stuff does kind of you know you that memory becomes associated with something if you know if, if you learn about something while you're doing x you know every time you go back to x it's going to refresh that um for you so there is there is a lot of lot to be said about that and that's one of the reasons it's like i, I know there's a lot of people it's like oh video games are degenerate and you know do, 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 and, all, and all that stuff and video games are some of the most useful learning tools out there 
if utilized properly. Mm -hmm. uh, because I mean, at the end of the day, um, like where do role-playing games come from? Role-playing games come from tabletop war games. Tabletop war games is pretty much the oldest way we can, you know, try to simulate strategy and tactics before we actually put, you know, blood and metal together and see what happens. So it just kind of works out. You know, I remember the, one of the first RPGs that really got me just hooked was uh, Elder Scrolls Morrowind. Mm -hmm. Which, if you know, before Elder Scrolls became like hack and slash and, and more action oriented, it was a straight up D and D game. If you go back to, to playing Morrowind, it is pretty much a D and D system um, that you're roll. It's rolling dice for you essentially when you go to hit something, and the amount of reading that you do in that game. I mean, it's like it's a basically like reading a book. Every time you go and you talk to somebody, there's it's not like a bioware game or something now where it's like you got through the little wheel and there's three choices no you have like this entire menu of crap you can read through there's libraries full of books that are telling you about the world and so it's like that, that game really prepares you like you know and of course it's like kind of an alien world so you're dropped into this world that you know nothing about and you're like going through all these books and you're trying to figure out who runs things what's the power politics who's doing what who's the good guys who's the bad guys and and that's a lot of the the you know, for a kid, that builds a lot of freaking critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm. And there's also the fact, like in games like that, too, you know, they didn't just give you, oh, here's your quest marker, go over there, walk over there. No, it's like you got this journal and you had some dude that wrote down directions the way a dude before GPS would write down directions. And you got to follow the fucking directions and, and figure it out. So it's like a lot of that kind of stuff builds critical thinking skills. And when we allow video games to become dumbed down, that's where they do become useless because that's where we're no longer using them to educate. You could, there will always be dumbed down video games. I mean, oh yeah. Something you play on your phone. And I don't think mm -hmm. there's anything necessarily even wrong about them. I just, I don't think there's anything wrong with McDonald's. People are going to abuse it. People are going to abuse mm -hmm. Farmville. Um, yes. I do. I, I love the idea. Well, it's also, um, well, with video games, there is, there is strategy there's there is important strategy and and you might argue well where is that applicable in life sure you could say that's important but it's almost like in you're in high school and you're learning like advanced calculus and you're like where the f what am i ever going to like realistically when am i ever going to use this and you're right you're, you're probably not what i've found is that there are lessons in in everything one of them i'll so a game i've played you know probably start to finish probably 30 plus times is just cause three and you go through the whole map, you liberate regions, you got to blow up all the bad guy stuff and you can unlock challenges and you can un you un basically unlock all the skills. You unlock like you unlock the ability to like zoom in when you're aiming. You unlock uh, airdrops, you unlock. And one thing I've done is I've tried to find like what is the quickest way to liberate the whole map. Granted, it's the meta. You're yeah. looking for the meta. It takes like 30 or 40 hours to do it. But I was like. Over the year, I was like, what am I actually doing? And what I found was, so what you can do is you got to complete like the first two missions and you unlock airdrops from like the rebel army and you, what you want to undo, and you can only unlock weapons that you have conquered the base where they're from. So you want to unlock rebel drops and then you want to unlock the air base that has the, the bomber, has infinite bombs. You can drop a bomb every like whatever, 15 seconds. You go and get that, and then you can fly around the map just dropping. You can just liberate these bases from the air. However, all the enemy air bases have, they have multiple SAM sites each, and, the, and you can only take two hits before you're down. It takes like 30 minutes for your uh, for it to, for the plane to be available again. It's, you can't, you just can't. If you get it airdropped and you blow it up, it's like you see a timer, and it's like 28 minutes till available. That's not going to work. 
there are a couple bases that if you unlock, you un unlock like air race challenges where it's just the rings you fly through, you got to do a certain. And as you unlock more things, you can unlock nitrous, which is basically a longer acting afterburner. And so what I've found over the last year is, is, is if you take the time to just go do like the first two missions, help Mario, get the airdrops, go unlock the air base that has the, the bomber. And then go around these specific areas on the map and unlock these tiny, seemingly worthless bases. They're not big. They're not sexy. They have the air races. If you unlock the air races, you can get the nitrous. The nitrous is just enough that when flying around, you wait till the SAM site shoots at you. You wait till it's like one second away, and then you really turn and burn. And the nitrous only lasts for like three or four seconds, but that's all you need. And the SAM sites can never hit you. If you do that, that initial thing takes like three hours, starting the game, getting the airdrops, getting the air races. And it seems like, what are you doing? There's like, you're, there's, you're, this is taking so slow. But once you do that, you can then, if you play your cards right, if you don't be stupid, not even play your cards right, if you just don't be stupid, don't go low enough to where they can take you out, you can unlock the entire map in what normally would take, if you're just running around, running and gunning, just RPGs, grenades, die, respawn, go do it again. What would normally take seven to eight days to unlock, you can do in like three or four hours. So what is the purpose of that? Is is this just calculus too? Okay, cool. Yeah, I guess, you know, what's the lesson from there? Put in the work and it re well, okay, I apply it to this podcast. I put in the work very early. And I kept working for a year and it wasn't sexy. It wasn't fun. You can see episodes where I come home and I've still have like my liquor store shirt on and I'm exhausted, but I put in the hours to where I unlocked the airdrop with the jet, with the nitrous. What is the, what is the airdrop with the jet, with the nitrous? It's an apartment with my own air conditioning, my own gym membership with studio, you know, soundproofing and gigabit ethernet. And now I have unlocked everything i've now unlocked this sort of kind of like they say you strap a fighter jet on you don't get in it this this studio is now like i plug myself in i get in it's like doo -doo, i press all the buttons and the thing comes to life but now i've basically unlocked the fighter jet with nitrous and so now what am i going to do I'm, I'm gonna liberate all the bases i'm gonna go get every guest and i'm now free to do that i don't have to go to work everything's paid for and now i can just slaughter my enemies and mm -hmm. That's a really long-winded kind of psychopathic explanation, but I do think there are legitimate. Le okay, what is the what is the re real politic? How how do I get a crust? Yeah. I'm getting money. There's money in my bank from what I'm doing. There's physical currency. I can go buy groceries and gasoline and water with what I'm doing. How is that not a real-world lesson? How is that not applicable to reality? So, so yeah, what what you just laid out is what every autistic you know wannabe pro gamer is is going to refer to as the meta. And as soon okay. as anyone that's ever, you know, been a, a, a pro, semi-pro, autistic, just way too good at a game for, for the sake of being good at a game person is going to know, if they're going to pick up another game and get into it, almost before they even start playing, they're probably going to go and they're going to do some research. And because the meta is how do we strip away all the shit that we don't need? Mm -hmm and have the most effective way to dominate space mm -hmm. at all times. Yeah. Cut out the bullshit. All we care about is the real politic of how to dominate that space. Yes. And so that's what it really is, is it's the meta. And this is sort of why, to an extent, the satanic panic and the, the old moral authority um, that tried to do things would crack down on, on games like D&D. &D. It took 
it only took us 38 minutes to get into Satanism. <laughs> right? Only 38 minutes. But, uh, I mean, technically, I'm not even talking about Satanism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the response yeah. um, to D&D that we all called it, the Satanic yeah. Panic. But one of the arguments, if you go back and you watch all these all these sappy videos of the boomers back then, you know, oh, the, the Dungeons and Dragons, and they're going to get into demon worship and everything. Well, one of the arguments that they use is that, when you have a party that you're running campaigns with in D&D, well, it's a war game, right? So at the end of the day, you are learning the most effective way to tackle a task and accomplish that mission, not the most moral way to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get that's where we get the term murder hobo coming coming from because what is the average D&D party? It's a bunch of mercenaries doing murder hobo shit. And so that that was the kind of argument that they used there is that you know people are are wargaming and they are learning the most effective way to get what they want not the the culturally moral right way to do it. And that's what the establishment fears. That's what, you know, people that are in control fear is the idea that if you and I and everyone else under the sun learns the meta, for example, in this case, we all learned that, hey, the way to get ahead in society is blackmail everyone, surveil everyone, and uh, just be the most ruthless son of a bitch on the planet. Well, then suddenly they don't have a monopoly on that anymore, and, it, and it's a little bit more of, a, of an even playing field. But, you know, that's why we want to sit down and we want to learn a meta. This is why, um, you know, Don just did, I think it was part five of him going through uh, the counterinsurgency manual. Yeah, and as, at some point, you and Dale got to got to get on with him and talk about that because, you know, I, what I love about I, I've already read through some of that stuff. And, and you know, I, you know, so I, I, li- I like sitting in there for those streams because Don's just going through and he's reading a paragraph. And he's just like, my base monarchists out there, I'm talking about you. We're talking about you here. My, my base accelerationists out there, they're talking about you here. You know, my people that just want to buy the farm and the mules and whatever, they're talking about you here. You know, and he's just going through that and, and just pointing it out. And it's like, when you look at what the coin manual is, it is essentially the meta mm-hmm. for uh, Marxism by other means to an extent. It's how do we get the state to control every fucking thing. The meta is... I, I never knew there was a term for it, but you're right. That's what it is, is is the meta. Just Cause 4, your wingsuit, it's been outfitted with, if you unlock it, it's been out, outfitted with rockets. It's the same thing as unlocking the jet. Do all the challenges for six hours, unlock a triple burst of of quad rockets. You can now take over the game without ever touching the ground. Um, Far Cry 5, I have found... Actually, my, my gamer buddy, Matt, and his roommate came down and probably about a year ago now, last May, they came down and were actually, they had some work in the area, so they came down and stayed at my house. But uh, playing Far Cry 5, they're like, what are you doing? It's this whole fantastic map with this wonderful plot line, great voices, great soundtrack. It's a fantastic game. Highly recommend it. But again, I was like, I after playing through it several times, I was like, "What's? How do I strip this away? How do I wash away all the mm-hmm. all the dirt? Where, where are the where are the hidden? What's the meta? Give where, me the meta. Yeah, where are the, where are the gems? And uh, what I found was, is this the same thing? If it, it, it's now, I'm realizing it's saying, "What's the meta of the meta? The meta of the meta? I'm finding with all of these, I didn't realize till just now. It's air superiority. So what is a Far Cry Five? You unlock the helicopter." Helicopter has infinite uh, machine guns, but you only have four bursts of rockets. And but if you double click L and R, you can spend a thousand dollars and unlock four more rockets. Well, you need money. What's the way? To, I found the quickest way was you save up to get the fifty cal, you get armor piercing rounds, and you go into a farm 
and you shoot cows in the head. And if you line them up, you can get two per bullet. You take their interesting. You you reap their bait, right? Plus one bait. You can hold a maximum of seven bait. You throw the bait onto the ground and you wait for a bear or a, a, a cougar to come. You shoot them. You go take it. There's one farm where there's like a liberated base right across the street. You walk over, sell everything. You can start to get your times down to where you can do this. It takes about a day. The day of like, yeah, pop like a riddle and then just go for 12 hours. You can amass like 150K. And then you can get in a helicopter and you can take over the whole game in about about an hour. That's why I used to love games like Marwin and stuff like that. Because if you if you dedicated that kind of autism into you know you building the super character, you can rip it apart. Yeah, it, and, and back then, like they, they had like levitate spells and shit like that too. They won't let you levitate in the modern ones, but the old ones all had like levitate spells and like build your own spells and shit. You could like build your own potions. And so if you knew what you were doing and you did like alchemy and magic, you could like fortify your stats to where you're just freaking God leaping across the map in single bounds. Yeah. Oh. And it's just really insane stuff like that. And uh, a lot of modern games just don't let you play with it like that anymore or let you break the game. Which, like which is why you got to look and find it. See, mm-hmm. what you said is what you said earlier is um, and I guess that would be the true ruthlessness is you go and you look up the meta, get other people's research, mm-hmm. take the Chinese approach. Let them That's do what the you R- do. Let yep. them do the R&D. I find personal pleasure in discovering the meta. I'll n- I never look up walkthroughs because to me, the pleasure is in finding the meta and not necessarily just utilizing it. And because I think if you practice that muscle of discovering the meta, you can apply it in real life. I mean, what do I, what do I do now? I wake up, I go to the gym, I do a podcast. What do I talk about on the podcast books? How do I learn the books? I listen to the books while playing video games. What do I do after? And then, or if I'm not playing video games, what am I doing? I'm making my own graphic designs. Well, what if they're too weird? What if no one buys them? You put them on a hoodie. How do you sell the hoodie? I put it on my website. Well, how do you advertise the website? Well, I just wear the hoodies during my (laughs) podcast. Well, how do you do the, you can see where I'm doing the meta. I'm playing yeah, the meta. You're creating your own force feedback loop. And one of the things that you would really like versus discovering that for yourself sure. versus doing um, opposition research yeah. is there's a lot of cloak and dagger that goes into that at oh. the high level competitive game. Oh. Uh, one of my favorite incidents. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cloak and dagger and oh. shady shit that goes on, like between the people that uh, install hacks and whatnot. But one of my favorites uh, on Counter-Strike, there was a map called Overpass. And one of the teams, Fnatic, if I remember correctly, one of the um, Swedish teams, uh, and they, they dominate a lot of the times, especially back then, they found an exploit in the map of Overpass where basically um, CT counter-terrorists spawn basically way up top and the terrorists spawn down below. And they figured out with a really obscure boosting on top of another dude and standing on basically a, a, a invisible kind of pixel on the ledge, they could see down and just take out the entire freaking terrorist team as they're basically coming out of their freaking spawn, essentially, okay. right off the bat. And what made this even more of a controversy is they found this, they didn't report it to get fixed. They saved it mm. until the um, zero, until a big tournament. Zero day and exploit, they, baby. Yeah, yeah, and they and they whipped it out at the major tournament. And then the even more controversy that came out after that. It came out that someone else had discovered that same exploit, and they were paid off by Fnatic not to release it until they did it first at the tournament. 
So that's the level that's of, of just beautiful. God, the, I love that. That's the level of, of just cloak and dagger that goes into that. And that's why like guys like me back in 2013 and 2014, what was I doing? I'm sitting on there. I'm tracking all the all the flights of the major teams trying to figure out who's on the red eye, you know, who's going to be off who's their tired. game today. And I'm betting against them and shit like that because it's a, it's an entire ruthless world that most God. people, if you're not in it, you just don't even realize it. God, you know, there was, a, there was a dude, the, the, the American team, um, uh, essentially, I buy power at the time. The, the guy that was running that team, uh, stop me if I told this story before, but he was running another company called Netcode Guides. That was his. Um, that was his way of teaching other people how to play Counter Strike, and they were using that as their red team, um, you know, for their major team to practice against. And so everyone had the data and knew that, like, you know. Uh, I buy power beats netcode guides like 85% of the time. Everyone knows this. But if you're watching, if, if you're just going off the odds of that on the betting websites and you don't do the, the background research information, you wouldn't know that the guy that runs I buy power owns netcode guides. And if netcode guides needs one win to get into the tournament, and I buy power is already in and they can take a loss, and netcode guides is playing I buy power. Netcode, you know, I buy power throws the match. Netcode guides wins, and the players would make more off of basically betting against themselves than they were getting paid at the time. And if I remember at the time, like every um, four out of five of those players, and this was the team that got closest to being the, like the, the the Americans to take us to the to the full win too. Four out of five of the dudes got perma bans, just full their professional career full on in the toilet. And I think the only surviving member skadoodle finally got back on, but it was just a big clusterfuck. There is so much cloak and dagger bullshit, people uploading hacks, people popping Adderall, the Adderall fucking problems huge. I mean, they're all fucking just strung out on Adderall because I mean, you need that reaction time, especially if you're getting up there and you're like in your thirties now and you got some 18 year old, that's you know, at a certain level, you know, that, 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 those reaction times on a computer, it's just so freaking tight. See, I, I I view the I view the the Adderall, the Ritalin, I view those as just another variable in the game mm-hmm. because you have to learn you have to learn how to use it responsibly more than any. It's it's you can use it for an all nighter, sure, but if you're talking about this long term strategy, mm-hmm. doing 435 episodes, getting into medical school, mm-hmm. you can't take it and burn through the midnight oil. You have mm-hmm. to learn how to use it for a block of time each day that's mm-hmm. everything i do i mean i talk about it on this podcast it, to me it's all tactical the amount of sleep i get the the exercise the cold shower the meditation i every time before every single podcast i'm literally walking in fresh alarm goes off meditation's over i come in and i start the zoom meeting the entire thing is all it's all placements. Yeah, and if some people mm-hmm. use can use Ritalin or Adderall, but they abuse it and they don't know how to balance it, because you can balance it mm-hmm. and you can abuse it. I've done both, and it's it's a it's a double edged sword. To me, that's just another variable you got to learn to play with. Yeah, I'm not knocking yeah. people that, that end up using it, but but there are definitely people that they start using it because guess what? It does give you a little bit of an edge, it, you but you know what? It's real easy. Hey man, yeah, I took I took a shortcut in college, dude. So what did I start doing? I started using, you know, kind of Thanos. I used the rings. I used the stones to destroy the stones. I used my education to 
educate my education. I remember I couldn't take the class because I think the teacher got fired for like synthesizing heroin. But there was a class on psycho. <laughs> yeah, UGA. That there was a. I'm not even kidding. But there was a class called. Well done. Yeah, there's a class called psychopharmacology. Right? There's all neuropsychopharmacology was all about the drugs that affect consciousness. Well, I went in and learned about the different types of stimulants, and then I went in and did my research and found. Uh, uh, a drafinil, which was the which was this precursor to modafinil, which was a drug they gave to B two spirit bombers. I found that it had been outsourced to a French pharmaceutical company, which once they lost the patent, they sold it to a South African company. I ended up spending like six hundred bucks in getting some of this stuff shipped from South Africa to my place in Athens, Georgia. And there was a big thing on it. It was like, we're not responsible if you're basically taken out by customs. And I was like, Jesus Christ. But I got this stuff that cost like 50 bucks a pill, even with a prescription. I got it for like a dime a pill. And this was something that you couldn't use it as often as Adderall. You, you could only use this maybe once or twice a month. But when I did use it, I used it for that final push during like a, when all the exams would fall on the same day. To me... I, it was a weapon, and you know, I looked at it as like I'm trying to get into medical school. I'm trying to get. Into Hang on, school. I gotta do some Rommel Ghost Division shit on these finals, real quick. <laughs> no, but really, I was like, I was like, the, I was like, there's, there's every year, I think eighty five thousand students take the MCAT, and I think, I think, I think under, I think under like eight hundred start medical school. I could be wrong on that. It was whatever it is. It was less than one percent, and it wasn't even just one percent of everyone. It was the kids at least smart enough to think they could get into medical school. Mm-hmm. To me, I was like, this is zero sum cutthroat. And so when I would, here's another, and so to me, I use it as like, this is a weapon to get in. I think perhaps my proudest meta, again, that I didn't even know was meta until I'm looking back on it now. And I think you'd, I think you'd approve of this. Ochem is the weed out class, right? That's the class that eviscerates. I loved it because you could just master it like a speed run. You just learned it enough. You could look at a reaction, kind of like holding the grenades because you know the guy's going to pop up over here. You could just look at things and start to instant, like reflexively, you'd be like aldehyde, ketone, SN2 reaction, palladium plus heat. And you could just unlock it and you get this thing. I was getting, I got the highest grade in OCHEM 2 and I think I got the second highest grade in OCHEM 1. To the point where these were 300 student lectures. I remember when I went to get a letter of recommendation from Dr. Hubbard in summer 2012. He was like, I, I don't know you. He was like, he was like, I can't write a letter, letter of recommendation. I don't even, I don't recognize your face. He's like, what's your student ID? And I gave it to him and he goes, oh, that's you. And I was like, yeah, man. He wrote me a letter of recommendation, helped me get into medical school. Point is, I got a 99 in OCHEM 2. The average in the class at like midterms was like a 55. And normally the smart kids would get like 80s and everyone would be adjusted uh, relatively, right? And then some kids would have to drop. But I remember he was like, uh, there's going to be no curve this semester because there's a student in the class that has a 99. And like, I didn't say anything. I knew it was me. And everyone was like, what the fuck? Like, this was ruining everyone's semester. Like, God damn it, Tommy. But he used to say, he'd say, as long as one student's getting a 99, I know the rest of you are capable if one student's capable the rest of you are and so there's going to be no curve and i love that guy i was like cutthroat capitalism i was like respect Mm -hmm. a couple other students started getting 99s and i was like okay raise the raise the, the playing field and because that happened something happened where he adjusted the 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 curve more what it what it what it turned out to was i wasn't getting the edge i wanted I found the other students that were getting the high grades. And I was like, I know for a fact these guys aren't studying as hard as me because I was a psychopath. I was like, these guys are drinking and shit. They're going out on weekends. I'm studying all day, every day. 
I found out that they had gotten copies of old exams. Okay. I was like, all right. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't the same exam, so it's not like you can memorize answers, but they knew what questions were coming. So mm-hmm. they had the meta. They knew that 99% of the chapter wasn't going to be on there. It was only going to be whatever, you know, benzene ring reactions. So they didn't have to study the rest of it. So what I did is I masqueraded it as some sort of Robin Hood thing. And I got copies of these. And then I put it on like the student discussion boards and gave it to everyone. And you might think, well, why did you just lose your edge? Well, no, what I did was, is I equalized the playing field. Mm-hmm. I gave everyone, I gave everyone the fissile material. I gave Iran and North Korea. Well, what's the point of doing that? Because once everyone had the cheat sheet, it all became equal. And the only outlier would be who you, the, the guy that actually that knows your shit, yeah. Which is why I ended up getting a 99 in that class. And I did that around halfway through the semester. The average went from like a couple other kids getting a 99 to no, to where no one was getting over a 70. And I just, I just destroyed everything. I used a nuke. I used an EMP and I knew I had the only Faraday cage. And I just, and you may look at that and go, man, it's not enough that you succeed. It's that others must fail. And to I say to that, Fuck yes, because when fifteen thousand students apply to Miami and a zero sum game, baby, I got in, and to me, I looked at it as, as I was like, this is more than just textbooks. I'm like, dude, this has to do with diet. This has to do with pharmacology. This has to do with can you get drugs past customs? Can and also, work? it's like we're talking college, so you're supposed to be learning about power politics and like how you're these you right. know these institutions you're function. Goddamn. So you might as well learn how I, to run that bitch. I learned more from that. Than mm. not than not my my liberal poli sci classes on how society should work. I learned I learned getting into a fraternity in, in Valdosta, seeing the insides of power structures, and I learned through OCHEM, it was the weed out class, and that I think I weeded myself out into where I was like. So what was the ultimate con? What was the meta when I got into medical school? I looked at it and I went, "There's a way to make more money doing less mm. work." The meta is where we are today. Effective intelligence right there. That's that's what it is. That <laughs> is exactly what that is. I just love, I love, it just tickles my mind. It's just such a, as James Angleton said, apparently when he would get away with something, he'd say he was an excited piece of protoplasm, which is the most <laughs> psychopathic way to say you're excited. <laughs> but... Hey, man. But it is, you know, I mean, I remember, you know, my, my mother used to tell me that if I would put just about half the amount of effort that I would put into getting out of school into actually doing school, I'd be a straight A student. But you know what? I stopped going to school in sixth grade and I never looked back. And I'm quite happy with that because I found the meta. And next thing you know, I'm looking back at everyone that got, you know, that paid to get brainwashed. And I'm sitting over here like, motherfuckers, y'all are retarded. And, um, you know, and while not quite impressive as med school, I I remember um, I was uh, doing uh, what a a 24-hour class or whatever to study for the mortgage loan originator uh, test that you do. And what's really interesting about the the way that they prep you for that test is they give you a textbook and, and even the instructors, everyone there knows that everything you're going to be learning about is laws and regulations that were written by lawyers panicking after the 2008 crisis. And it's pretty much all bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's absolute all bullshit. And they just straight up tell you, just don't, don't, don't even give a fuck about most of it. Just highlight anything that's in bold and remember that because that's what's going to be on the test. And that's all it was is that is everyone there knew that what you're learning is bullshit 
and they're just they're they're just literally telling you here highlight this highlight this highlight this this is the cheat sheet this is literally all you need and it's like that's the meta and i'm just sitting in there and i'm like so these are the guys like running the the mortgage game and the, you know and all that i'm like you know what i think i'd rather just start like you know blackmailing people in toppling countries because you know what i don't i don't really need a piece of paper that certifies me to do that i just have to be ruthless enough to do it, it and there's something <laughs> beautiful about about the the fucking meta dude i remember i remember this is how on a this is how much of the world to me in my mind at least is an illusion a huge portion of the reason i got into medical school was because i published research and i co-authored research which is like the next best thing to publish research but publishing research everyone had to shadow doctors they had to volunteer and everything letters recommendation good gpa killer mcat to get research was like another level, like professional research, peer reviewed. And I remember that's where you're really becoming a pupil and you're getting the whole mentor experience and shit. Yeah. I remember pledging up Pi Kappa Phi and it was a uh, fall 2009 and it was the night before. No, we had, I had four biology tests that semester and I did well on my first three. And the fourth one was during like hell week. And I was like, I was like, I'm going to fail this fucking class. And because uh, you're sleep deprived, you're getting beaten by the brothers and shit. They're hitting you with paddles and whatever. And I remember it was like one night I was like, I have to go study. And I went and I remember I got like an Adderall and like some caffeine. And I wasn't new to this stuff. I'd been on Ritalin forever. But I remember I just sat up all night and I just let fear drive me to where I studied like all three chapters that the test was on. And I just memorized it all. It was just flying. And I went in and I took the test, 100 questions. I was just going through it all. And I was like, just, just mind exploding, going through acing, acing, acing. And then I got to the last section and I realized it wasn't three chapters, it was four chapters. And it was 25 questions on each chapter. And I had aced 75 of the questions and I did not know the last 25. And I just remember sinking in my chair and I was like, it's all for naught. And so I just guessed, educated guesses, but I just guessed. Scientific wild ass guesses, swagging it. Good, good term. I got my grade back, and there was no curve because I got like a ninety-eight, and I had just guessed. And I don't know how. To this day, I don't. Scientific wild ass guess. To this day, <laughs> to this fucking day, I still don't know how I got that grade. The grade was such an outlier that the professor came to me. And said, would you like to co-author research with me? And I just said, sure. I didn't know what it was on. I didn't understand the research the three semesters that I did it. I was I was just, I was a slave. I'd go in there and I'd, pi- I'd, be, have, I'd have my own key to the lab. I'd have to go and I'd be pipetting shit hungover. Not knowing what a cryptolebius marmoratus, fungulus heteroclitus, changing the salt levels and the aeration and writing down the fucking the dissolved so, oxygen So levels. what you're telling me is that you're actually the one that designed COVID and you just I weren't aware of it at the time. I, I did COVID. It was in <laughs> Wuhan, oddly enough. I did this research, which I won the opportunity to do because it wasn't high-minded shit. Anyone could do it. You don't have a biology degree. You could have done what I did. I just, I truly was just doing like, this is what I got to do. This is what I got. And I'd write it down. I'd be like listening to music, whatever. By publishing that research, which I got on a whim, was one of the large reasons I got into medical school. One of the large reasons I got into an institution of medicine was because I Christmas treed the last section of a test my first semester of college. 
Yeah, which pretty much shot you to like grad student level of, of circles. Which to me never – so there are things where I find the meta in and I go, that's the key. That lesson to me – so what's the lesson from that? Is sometimes it's just a roll of the dice and you can find all the mm-hmm. meta you want, but sometimes you just fucking – You know, it – in the tabletop wargaming, you know, world, we, we have a little term called RN Jesus, which is random number Jesus, because sometimes it you're just, just you're throwing bones you and you know aces and it just God wills it, let's go. But there is a lesson in that, and it's that, you know, what is luck? There's a there's a great quote from an MMA guy, I forget what, but uh maybe it's not whatever. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Right? You could say luck is that you guessed the code to the safe uh, the vault code. But you also have to be there turning the thing and trying. You have to seize the initiative and be willing to, yeah. So you could say, although I guessed on those last 25 questions, none of that would have mattered if I hadn't studied the first 75. None of it would have mattered if I got a 25 instead of a zero. What mattered was is I went from a 75 to a 100. Mm-hmm. So I guess there is a lesson in there in that it's not it's not necessarily a crapshoot. It's just... You kind of got to stick around long enough until opportunity presents itself. Yeah, you you can do everything that you can do to stack the deck in your favor, but you know sometimes it, you know, there's that 10, 20, 25 percent that are in Jesus, baby. I mean, <laughs> I mean, think about this podcast. I did an episode last fall, and every once in a while, I'll take an episode and I try to just before I'd get perma banned from Reddit, I would just use one of my accounts that was still surviving. And I'd plug it into some whatever. If the book is about skydiving, I'd go to R skydiving, right? Before I got IP banned, and then I'd make another account. And I'd, I'd literally like like a crackhead trying to get friends to get me like methadone. I'd be like, I'd text friends, hey man, can you post this in this subreddit with this title? Like, what the well, fuck? skydivers are like crackheads. That's a very uh, expensive sport. <laughs> yeah, well, not even that. It was my it was my IP ban from Reddit. I'd mm-hmm. be like, hey man, can you can you go to this subreddit? Can you go to R SpaceX and They'd be like, Tommy, what's wrong with you? I'd be like, I'll suck your dick. Just can you post the link? <laughs> and I, I'd track it and I'd see the views go up. But one of the things is I went and I posted it on one of the subreddits that was about like, um, I think it was maybe, I don't remember what it was, but it was an episode I did with Dale. And it wasn't just normal. like It was with him. It might have been one with, I think, Culper. Maybe it was prepping. And I found all these subreddits and I posted it in, um, that, that I had never been active in before, that I had never been active since. From that, I gained a fan who started watching the podcast, commenting and everything. That fan turned out to be the now the guy that backs my podcast financially. So sometimes it's luck, but at the same time, if you're not having on guests and trying your hardest to put it out in subreddits and imger blogs and Twitter hashtags, yeah, it's a it's a role that it's R and Jesus. But you have to be at the table playing the game for RNGs to work, right? Yeah, and, and to, the, to that extent, it's also the fact that, you know, what you're focusing on, clearly, it's like, you know, to an extent, I mean, you, you have so many wide topics that you cover, there's something for everybody. But in general, the kind of person that's going to find your, you know, your long-form content and want to get into it, you're going to have some highly developed fucking thinkers just because of the sheer amount of shit that you're covering and wanting to get through. I mean, if, if you're able, um, you know, to 
to watch every goddamn episode, which I can't, I haven't even had the time to do yet. They're all great, but like, you know, to, to have that span, that, that just that, that span to go there, you're going to have some really interested people. And that's one of those things where it's like power attracts power. You know, that that's just yeah. a, one of the fundamental laws. And if you have say, you know, one of the reasons like I love Don server uh, full of autists and um, spicy spelling bee contestants. Uh, one of the reasons I love them, it's like you go in there and it's like, they're mostly incredibly intelligent people um, that you can have, you know, really high level conversations with. And it's like, why are they wanting to form a city and call it Pleb Branch out there? There, it's because power attracts power, and suddenly you have all these people that are all thinking, you know, the same way. They're still all interested in the same thing, and they're wanting to push each other to the next level. Yes. You know, they're wanting to, you know, I want to make sure that you know about, you know. You know, the guys that know about guns are teaching the guys that don't know about guns. You know, the guys that know about history are teaching guys that don't know about history. And it's that kind of, you know, just building. And it's like, if you can show that you are a master level expert at any one thing, well, you know, yeah, there's a small chance that, you know, you could be an idiot savant and you can't really do anything else. But most people, if you're talented enough to kind of master one thing and you hook up with someone that's a master of another thing, you're not going to go straight to master, but you're going to pick it up a lot faster. Yeah. So it's like, you know, when you can build that kind of that mega brain community, um, you're going to get a lot more support. You're going to get, you know, not just financial, but just straight up brain power coming together because, you know, fuck it. We got a whole bunch of subjects here that we're all really interested in. And, you know, if, you know, if we talk talk about something that you know a hundred other people find interesting and they go out and do research on it themselves they might find shit we didn't find and then next thing you know we're, we're essentially expanding the library from there so it's just you know the the oldest rule of the universe power attracts power baby might as well be powerful at, at, th at this moment in the documentary this clip it freezes and it turns black and white and it moves to the corner as it pans back to the narrator you can see the beginnings of what would then become the Branch Plavidians back after these messages. <laughs> as, just, as it just has black and white photos of ATF tanks going. Yeah, just, you know, just, just, you know, tonight Waco. on Dateline. Yeah, just 16, Waco shit happening in the background. It, yeah. it pan, it's you and I frozen. You, it freezes and it moves to the corner. And it's like back on 60 minutes. <laughs> How did the Branch Plavidians? <laughs> It, right, you have you'd have our FBI profiles panning across the screen, and it was you know it shows like a former a retired. That documentary will be in like 2050. You'll see a, a retired director and be like, you know, a, a lot of things came across my table in my days, but this was something that I just couldn't quite figure out. Just panning to all these different directors and these retired guys. It's like Jim, 87. I didn't want to kill them, but they posed a threat. <laughs> it's just. And after they made me sit through a five-hour podcast, I mean, at a certain point, I'd like I had to watch this podcast like five times because we're studying what they're talking about and what they're doing, and it's just, you know, it 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 blew my brain. Which, by the way, apparently there's a name for for um, th this grand debate that we keep having about the AI. Apparently, there's a name for this um, that I didn't know about. Rocco's Basilisk. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So apparently, I didn't oh, know yeah. this. Oh, but, yeah. uh, and, and thanks to someone on Don's server, that I even know the name for it because the people that coined that term and everything—they're kind of from the the uh, the cuck side of the pseudo intellectual community. But my favorite thing is, uh, as I go and I read what that is, it's like, yeah, this discussion was banned because it gave people like severe psychological trauma well, or whatever as they're as they're contemplating it. So congratulations, we did a five-hour podcast that would destroy weaker minds. Oh, we well, it's, <laughs> I, 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 that podcast was. Uh, that was a journey into the depths of 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 you truly 
when you look at something and you go, how do you get from A to B or A to Z? That was a lesson in A to Z. Rocco's Basilisk is something, um, for everybody listening, well, in a way, we're sort of condemning you to hell, but it's, well, you've already heard the term, so now you're fucked. It's, and correct me if I'm incorrect, last time I read about it, is it's that an AI, when it does arise, will look back on everything that's stored on the internet, all closed circuit TV, the grand record of all information, the Big Brother database that it will go through. It will go back and it will, if I recall, it will punish all of those who, if you're completely oblivious, you're fine. If you knew about the potential of AI and you talked positively about it and tried to get it to come to bring it into fruition, bring it into reality to manifest it, it would look fondly upon you. And if you were an outspoken critic of AI's evil, it needs to be prevented. And or if you heard about AI but didn't do anything positive for it, it it will either kill you or punish you. Is that correct? Yeah. So basically it's, it's looking at, so if we're thinking about from the three laws perspective, it's thinking, how can I save the maximum amount of human lives? Well, if it was here sooner, it could save more lives. And so the idea is before it even comes into existence, it's already, as it comes into existence, it's going to have the paradigm of incentives, carrot and stick, right? So if you're someone that is helping that thing, the, the Silicon Jesus show up to save the world and everything, you are, you are one of the chosen, you are the anointed, you're in the club. But if you were working against that, it has to provide, you know, carrot and stick. It has to punish that person. So essentially what that, you know, the reason why the atheist community blew up and had to ban that discussion is because guess what? They just reverse engineered, you know, religion and hey, God's watching you. Uh, you They just, that's pretty much all it is. Yeah. Now they never really discuss in it though is, is there any room for like converts? Once you learn about Rocco's Basilisk, can you then turn into like a pro AI guy or is the the AI ruthless? Well, I imagine that you know, if we're dealing with like the three laws, and not not that we should go into a five hour tangent on this, but um, you know, I imagine if you did figure that out and then you joined the cause, you know, it, I'm assuming Maybe. it balances out somewhere because it's supposed to give you the carrot if you if you help out, and it's only supposed to incentivize you if you were constantly, I mean, or um, not incentivize, but punish you if you were constantly against it. But that's essentially the whole the. It just comes back to religion saying, hey, God's watching you and he's going to judge you. That's it's really just the atheist discovering that argument. It's it's the meta. It's It's the meta. It's the meta talking in Latin and getting the wine and the the body of Christ or it's Silicon Jesus. It's all the meta. Mm -hmm. It's it's there's this another topic I want to touch on is um, in the book, um, the Alchemist by Apollo Sela. I can never pronounce his last name. C-O-E-H-L-O. I've talked about it before on this podcast, but one of the lessons in it, it's this kid that goes out on this journey. Yeah, and, Holy uh, Grail, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes out, but one of the things he does is like, um, is he, he meets like the guru and the guru basically tells him, the kid asks, he's like, where's like the secret book with like the kind of the secrets of the universe? And the guy tells him, he's like, the secrets of the universe are, are so few that you could write them on like a grain of rice. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, he kind of explains what we I now know as the meta. He says, he's the, the guru basically tells him, he's like, pay attention to all things in life and you can distill the same secrets of the universe, right? I mean, what do we know? You know, 
what goes around comes around, right? Well, what was that? Get a good night's sleep. You're going to mm-hmm. be refreshed the next day. Work hard today. You can rest tomorrow. Diet today. Mm-hmm. You can have a cheat day tomorrow. It's all the same. It's just dressed up in different ways. But so what the kid starts doing as his journey goes on is he stops reading the holy books at night because and he starts to feel bad because he's like, I feel I should be reading them because there are lessons to be learned. But the kid starts to go, I'm going to not read the holy books. I'm not going to look at the the IGN walkthroughs. But instead, he goes out and finds the meta on his own. So he finds in mm-hmm. simple things like fetching water from a well or shearing his sheep, he finds the lessons that are mm-hmm. the, the holy, you know, do unto others as you'd like to have done to yourself. What goes around comes around. Nothing can be created nor destroyed. It all just transmutates. It's, and that's, I think, I mean, I think that's applicable with whether I learn about leveling the playing field through OCHEM test leaks, like a mini WikiLeaks, or whether it's about just cause or far cry shooting cows in the head with a rifle and going no trust me this is the best way which is reminiscent of all communist dystopias no this is gonna work we just have to kill a couple more that's how it works is you can learn little tiny things about um even just pacing yourself right i have my alternative Mm -hmm. backup channels my cold war redundancies i'd upload 10 episodes a day and i could get through all 400 in like 40 days and then i'd start another channel like a week ago, I decided, I was like, I got gigabit Ethernet now. I'm going to do 50 episodes a day. And I did it for two days, and then I stopped. And I stopped because now every time I sit down, I go, oh, I got to do it 50 times. I'm not going to fucking do it. When I limit it to just 10, I would do 10 every day consistently. The point is, is there are all these little kind of lessons you learn. And one of them I have learned, and you kind of talk about with like the pleb servers, is, is an acceleration um, protoplanetary disks. First, it's one rock and another, and then they get together, and their gravitational the gravitational constant times r squared or whatever it is pulls in more, and turns into an accretion disk. Then there's more, and the planet turns bigger and bigger and bigger. If it gets big enough, it turns into a star. If this happens across billions of stars, you get a gal- right. You can get a supermassive black hole. The more you keep working towards something, I've found it starts to attract more people and you start to sort of sync up with them like power attracts power it's i'm friends with you and dawn and dale and it's like you know how am i how do i you know how is it that i am in somewhat regular contact with a living guy that walked on the moon like it's it, it doesn't make sense but the more work you put into it it's almost like the universe you call the universe bl- the universe's bluff. You're like, I'm going to create the next Joe Rogan. And it's like, no, you're not. You're above your parents' garage. Your room echoes. You don't know what you're doing. But if you keep working, the universe kind of, it keeps bl- it keeps looking at you and it's like, you'll never win. And you keep winning. And then it finally, it almost kind of goes, all right, you passed. It, it gives exactly. You a, it gives you a bone. It goes, all right, all right. Well, you know, you know, the the two kind of ways to go about that, going back to like the alchemist and the and the idea to Braille, you know, like one of our favorite scenes from Starship Troopers, we all remember is Michael Ironsides walks up to Rico and asks him to recite the, you know, the line from the book and you know, power I mean, uh, violence is the supreme authority that all other authority derives from and he goes, The exact words from the text, but do you know what it means? And and the idea there is like, you know, you can get 
you know, if, if all you know about, you know, the cosmos comes from the holy book, well, you know, there's probably some really good advice in there. But if that's all you read and that's where you think your lessons come from, you're going to get sucked in, you know, tunnel vision. You're going to get sucked into the structure of how that's written. And, at, you know, at the same time, you throw that book down and you go survive in the woods for a week or whatever. You know, God in nature is, or, you know, Silicon, AI, Basilisk, Jesus, whatever you want to call it, is going to teach you there anyway. You're going to, you know, somehow you're going to be, you know, trying to get water from an underground, you know, stream or something like that. And you're going to learn about the cosmos and you're going to yes. learn some lessons there the exact same way. And, you know, the kind of you know, to move that into how we view things now and not to go all Joe Rogan, everything is frequency, but to an extent, everything's frequency. If you if you start putting yourself in the headspace of all the big brains out there that are, that are thinking about things, well, you know, you shouldn't really be surprised when you find yourself orbiting in those same circles. It'll be, you know, it's really weird shit where it'll be like, I'll be researching or looking up something one day or, you know, and looking into this and like five or 10 minutes later, I'll be listening to Alex Jones and Alex Jones will just start talking about it. I'll be like, what the fuck yeah. is that, right? Like, what? It syncs up. And then, it you know, it yeah, it, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, Power attracts power. It's like, what kind of power do you want to attract, though? And if you if you put into work and, you know, you actually, you know, whether it's through book learning or the best mixture, which is doing some book learning and then, you know, studies and applications. Studying is great, but if you're not applying what you're studying and getting that, you know, you know, turning experience into wisdom, you know, the, the you know, the book work's only worth so much. That's one of the reasons, like, I love diving, you know, and getting into diving so much is because, yeah, there's book work, but at the end of all the book work, you get to strap on all your gear and go do something, yeah. um, which is exciting. And so it's about that kind of balance and learning how to strike that balance there. And it's like, well, you know, like whose orbit do you want to end up into? Like, you know, what's like, where do you want to be in your life? And if the answer is like, you want to be part of the 1776 resistance, you know, uh, resistance to tyranny is obedience to God. Well, you know, guess what? If you start putting in all the hours and work and learning, you know, how these structures work and how to be part of that resistance, you shouldn't really be surprised when you find yourself getting orbiting higher and higher and up in those levels. And suddenly you're looking around and it's like you're surrounded by a bunch of really big brained incredibly motivated people and you know to an extent you kind of need that because you know like you said you know going back to you know medical school and basically bombing everyone else out like that if you have a bunch of people that are running you know 99s and everything and you have like the the you know the 70s and the 60s and the 50s around stuff like that well, they either have to go or they got to, you know, they either got to step aside or they got to step up because otherwise it's just going to demoralize all the people that are actually putting in that work. And when you start, you know, power attracts power and, you know, you get those highly motivated people that are going to become less and less tolerant of those that aren't putting in the work. Well, next thing you know, you have entirely tight knit circles of highly developed individuals with highly developed skills who, when they come together and decide that they want to do something, it fucking happens. It's over. Mm -hmm. It's you're right. You know, I look back at the, the vast number of people that apply to medical school and how difficult it is to get in. But I look at like the two guys I studied with most, uh, a Korean guy and an African guy. And they could have done anything they fucking wanted, probably. But, and they're, but they're both physicians now. Mm -hmm. They're both phys One got his PharmD and his MD, and the other went to Harvard and became a surgeon. Like, Fuckers could have been astronauts if they wanted to, but they wanted to be doctors. Yeah, but it was just... You just sync up with that. But then you also kind of play off each other, right? Because you can get used to getting 99s and you're like, I eviscerate everyone in my path. Yeah. And then you come you come across some other motherfucker that's, that's like, 
you look in their eyes and you know they're ordering drugs from South Africa too. And you're mm-hmm. like, you know, you're like, oh, it's you know too bad that they leaked all those tests. And they're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I already know the information. And you're like, <laughs> exactly. You're like, gang. Respect. You're on. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you, you just figured out who your team is mm-hmm. right there. And then you, you, you yeah, and you, and then you're like, wow, two of us can take them. And yeah, and it's what it is is a total lack of 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 patience for those that won't put in the work. And maybe this is just my own protection of my ego and image. I don't think it's a lack of empathy for those who can't compete with you and that they should be thrown on the streets, but rather it's something voluntary. No one made you be a pre-med major. No one said it was going to be easy. Yeah, you made the decision to show up. You have to make the decision to put in the work. I don't feel bad about crushing the curve. You're, you're, you're not entitled to a medical school acceptance. You're not entitled to an A in OCHEM. You know, it'd be one thing if me getting a 99 and them getting a 50 meant they were kicked out of college and they had to live on the streets. That'd be a little different. I'd be like, okay, well, now what am I doing? I want to be, it'd be kind of Rocco's basketball. It'd be like, I want to be a doctor to do what? To help society? Well, what am I doing in society? I'm, I'm pushing people out on the streets. Does it balance out? That would be different. Mm-hmm. This was, hey. Careful, you're giving them ideas now. <laughs> yeah, 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 right? It's, this is, yeah, right? Is This is like, it was like, you don't have to. You don't have to be pre-med. You can go. You can go into any other grad school. You don't even have to do STEM. So I didn't feel bad about that. And what it is is, I would look at it, and everyone else around me was perfectly capable. I drank about twice a semester, and so when people would say it's not fair that somebody's getting a ninety-nine, I'd be like, dude, I, I went to UGA for three years. I went to one football game. It was the biggest party school in the United States. I went out to the bar. I'd go out and around the middle of the semester and at the end of finals, twice a week. 30,000 beautiful women. 20, single. I had abs. I could have ran a train. I spent all my time studying. You don't have to do that. No one should feel that they have to do that. However, if I can do that and I can make that choice to get a 99... I don't feel bad when someone who doesn't wake up at four, hit the gym, take a cold shower, meditate and study until sundown and then do it. Yeah. The union basically shows up working union time. Yeah. And they're like, hey, everyone doesn't, everyone's getting a 55. The average shouldn't, you know, it should be higher just because one guy's getting a 99. You're not entitled to getting a 99. And that's, you know, that, that, that's, and it can come across as just like, oh, you, you know, you have no heart. No, I look at, you know, how have I gotten to this point? An absurd yeah. number of podcasts, an absurd number of audiobooks, utilizing an absurd number of yeah, hours the, of design. Like it, Yeah, the, the people who have no heart are, as well as no brain are the people that are putting in 55% of the work and then wanting to drag down the people that don't want to be the either. apex of the fucking uh, of yeah. the pyramid. If they were more intelligent, they would just do 0% of the work and choose something else. You're the moron wasting 55% of your time exactly. and, getting, and getting 0% in return. Yeah, for, for, for that amount of effort, it's like going to mortgage or real estate. You'll make more money and and you will have and you can be just as fucking lazy trust me those guys are fucking lazy bastards (laughs) yeah it's fine it's like you don't have to and there's and that's the thing is i always try to clarify is like you don't have to be this sort of psycho like i am like it's not enough that i got into medical school i need to establish a podcast and i want to take over the world with my graphic designs and never work a day again that's my journey that's my odyssey that's what I think. I, that's my pilgrimage and this in, incarnation on this planet. In this, I think Dale was born to be a warrior. 
right? Mm-hmm. I think Tom Brady was born to be the GOAT. I think I'm born to, to plow my own path and do my own thing originally, even if that means sending designs to a corporation that doesn't know you exist and being like, there you go. It's, I don't think there's, and this is what I try to emphasize, there's an absolutely nothing wrong whatsoever with a nine to five, with with an average home, with a wife and kids, and you, you, you drink at the bar on the weekends with your buddies and you watch the football. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and, if that, you know, if that's what you want, then that's, you know, that's your life, man. I mean, comfort is, man, there was a couple of years in my life where I did try to dabble in that after pre-med and before the podcast, where I did go, I just want the comfortable life. It's a beautiful thing, man. It's, it's relaxed. It's, you're not being lazy, but you're not necessarily pushing yourself. It's a comfortable, lazy river ride. It's not, you're not a sloth doing nothing, but you're also not going up. You're the not ra- developing. You're not you know, going you're, up there. Yeah. You're not going down the rapids in a kayak. It's a, it's a lazy yeah. river and there's nothing wrong with that. And if that, if that's what you want to do, more power to you. Personally, I did it and it was worse than death. I was yeah, like, it, <laughs> I couldn't. At, at the end of the day, if, you know, my, my perspective on something is if, if you don't have something that you want to be the apex at. You probably haven't spent enough time looking into what you want to fucking do with your life. That, that you know, that's number one because you know whatever you're doing with your life, you should be motivated, right? If you want to work a company, you know, a little nine to five because you know you want to you know kick back with your friends, you want to raise the family, you want to chill out, you know, and you're really passionate about that. Fuck it, you know, um, you know, be that guy that you know do that job just so you can you know support the family or whatever else your goal is. But at the end of the day. You know, I, I'm of the firm belief that, you know, if you're incarnated here, you know, you were put here because you, you have a mission that you probably decided on at some point yourself. Mm-hmm. And, that you know, you should be figuring out what that is, because once you do, it, it's not a question of whether or not you're going to be the apex at it. You're going to be the apex at it, because once you figure that out, you're not going to be able to stop yourself from, you know, reading every book or, you know, pursuing every, you know, practice or, or master every little bit of that, whatever that craft may be you're going to go 110% at because that's just what the fuck you're here to do. To me, it is, it is the culmination of bliss. To me, there is no, there is no greater thing than find it's, uh, was it Goethe that said voluntary dependence is the highest state of man. Um, I think it was that mathematician who was like addicted to meth in like the 40s. The Hungarian one, yeah. And they told him, you know, what if you took a week or a month off meth? He, he used to he used to refer to people. I forget his name, but he used to say people that uh, stopped doing math were like dead essentially, and that people that died were were just no longer present. You yeah. know, he had like a whole weird like yeah. language. But yeah, I, I know who you're talking but about. He, though he's a real interesting dude. He had this he had this philosophy where every day he would get up. And he, I mean, he wasn't, he didn't die from it. So it's not like he was just an addict, just like, you know, like a meth head. He would just wake up and he would just do amphetamines and he would just push the edges of mathematics for like 12 hours a day. Yeah, he would just be a human fucking computer. He'd crash and he'd go to bed and he'd wake up and he'd do it again. And that's all he did for years and decades. And someone challenged him to take like 30 days off and see maybe he liked something else. And he took the challenge to his credit. And he didn't do it. And at the end of it, he went back to it. And they said, what'd you learn? And he said, mathematics has been set back 30 days. To me, I I took a couple of years off after med school. And just, but I, in hindsight, I realized I tried to just be chill. I was like, I just want to smoke pot. I ended up putting all my time into developing 
I had a, a three chamber, nine honeycomb filter, carbon filtered bong that I called Neil Arm Bong because it looked like nice. Saturn V. It had three, it had three <laughs> water spouts inside the chamber and then it had three triple honeycombs on the outside for nine total honeycombs with a carbon filter. And I would find a way to put ice in the neck and then freeze the whole thing. All I was doing was the same thing as med school. I found a th I found an object in my way and said, I'm going to make it the best thing ever. And in meta, it's like, oh, that's... So the point is, is so where am I now? I'm back to, I wake up early, or not anymore, I wake up at like 11 now. But I go to the gym, I diet, I come back, I take a freezing cold shower, I meditate, I do a podcast, I listen to audiobooks, and like the last two hours, I'll like turn the audio on the video games and just play some stupid shit. It's no different than college. I'm in my own little room, toiling away all day. To me, it is, I have now done the 30-day abstinence. I did three years of it. And what did I learn? I learned that I'm, I'm just, my story has been set back 30 days. I am, mm -hmm. I am in bliss. I, I do what I, sure, I want to make a billion dollars. That is one of my goals is to become a billionaire before I die. I want to push mental health care. I want to do, I do want to leave a, a change in that. But ultimately, like, I am in, like, a state of, like, I'm in, I'm in a state of, like, moderate nirvana in that I'm not, like, manic high. You, you hit not, peak. Yeah, you're in that peak I'm performance like, zone. I'm like, I'm, like, an actualized person. Everything I do has, it goes towards the podcast. Yeah, when you're in that flow, it's like you're, you're like an engine. You're doing, you know, you're just getting everything just, right. And it's like if you're not in that, you feel whatever you're trying to do being set back. For me, it's like I like I like getting up in the evening, essentially, and being a night owl, mm -hmm. mainly because all of the news will have that I will end up going through will have already dropped and I can go through it all at two speed. Mm -hmm. And if I, if I wake up early in the morning or whatever, like I, like I do today and I sit, um, I find myself listening to news as it's live or whatever. And I'm sitting there at one speed. I'm like, you know, I, I know that I'm getting this information a little bit sooner, but if I just, you know, if I had just slept and, and like woke up at like, you know, in the evening and two speeded through all this and then went, you know, at, and then go that the amount of time that that yes. saves me, I'm back on the other research. I'm back going through academic papers. I'm back doing yeah. the important shit. And it's like, so when eight, so it's like, I don't get me wrong. I love turning on Alex Jones at 12 sure. o'clock, but every time I'm watching him live, I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I'm being, you're, I'm being set back because I'm not watching that two you're, speed. You're being had, you're a sucker. You're like, what am I? It's mm -hmm. whenever I play video games for, I, I, I force myself to take a day off a week. I, I have to, that's one thing I did learn from pre-med is that burnout's real. It's yes. That, so I take a day off a week where I force myself to turn off the audiobooks and I just go full audio on the video games. I'm not learning any meta. I'm just enjoying the tank blowing up the base. It's just yeah. you got to just kind of dumb yourself down. But man, after that day, I am looking forward to my getting back to the routine more than I am mm -hmm. looking at forward towards the next off day. Because really, it's like that was fun. I've set myself back a day. Yeah. And, that, you know, and I'm kind of the same way, you know, for me, it's like I, I need at least one day a week and it's like I'll feel it coming on where it's mm -hmm. just like it's just it's just fucking it's like, you know, it's just physically painful grinding of gears as you're trying to you're do like, something. It's like, and, and I'll just take it and I'll just be like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm going to sit down. I'm going to I'm going to listen to like some Warhammer 40K books or some Battletech shit or, just, you know, I'm just going to go get lost in some tabletop wargaming yeah. esoteric lore. And, you know, I, for you know, and it's not taxing to me. I'm just sitting there and I'm enjoying 
client. And by the time I like, you know, tomorrow comes around, all of a sudden I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. prepared. Let's I'm prepared for 41st fucking millennium warfare. Let's go. Unrestricted warfare isn't shit. Okay. It ain't shit. Let's go. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's exactly right. I, I'll take a, mm. I'll take a day off. Well, yeah. Cause you're right. As I get around, and this is one thing I do remember from like pre-med and I'm starting to experience it again. I'm like, what is this like? fatigue around day five and day six my of, eye will start twitching it's like I, I can already kind of feel it kind of happening yeah. like it's just like starting to get there but um i get but i wake yeah. up and it's like it's creaky and i'm like yeah. what is and i'll find that around day i take saturday or sunday off it depends as i get closer to like thursday friday i'll be like what is this and then you take mm-hmm. a day you wake up and you're like today's the off day you sleep in i don't take a cold shower i take a nice hot shower I don't diet. I'll go get a. I'll go get like a big, disgusting, like sub fried chicken sub from Wawa. I'll get some Ben and Jerry's. Right. I'll go. Away. I'll have three or four thousand calories. Listen to just like some old Tim Dillon archives. Play yeah, Just Cause or Ace Combat. I'm not learning anything new. I know what they're gonna say because I've played the game so many times. I'm like triggered into doing this, and it's like the Oceans. They had they had every you know the Erosians didn't or uh, uh, Balka Balkan Belka did nothing wrong. Belka did nothing wrong. They just knew the meta. But I go in and I, you're right. It doesn't have to, don't work towards anything. Just enjoy it for what it is. Because ultimately, what that day off really is, is it is another day towards your work. It's a tactical, exactly. it's a tactical you, day off. You will learn something. You know, if, if you're doing your day off right, you will learn something. I you'll, will be sitting there. Listening to some fucking, you know, Warhammer 40K book. And of course, all the people that fucking write those books, you know, they study military history out the asshole. You know, one of the beautiful things about 40K is like every other fucking paragraph, you're looking at something, you're like scratching your head going, wait a second, that's a ref, that's a reference, that's a rep, you know, and it's just really fun shit like that. And next thing you know, it's like, yeah, that's actually kind of applicable to what I'm looking at over mm-hmm. here. It's like, yeah, this, you know, this is. You know, it's just, it's fun stuff like that. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's fiction, but you know what? There's a lot of fucking shit that you can learn from good fiction. Yeah. And there, there are lessons even in like, uh, yeah, I'll be playing Just Cause on my off day and I'll be like, let's try a new approach. Maybe, maybe the fighter jet isn't the fastest way to beat the game. And it doesn't seem like it. I'm like, that can't be true. But I'm like, let's push the borders of like this comfort zone we've built. I know that the fighter jet's the fastest. Do you? How sure are you? Maybe it's there. There's technically there's two jets. Maybe it's the other one. You know, okay. And it's this uncomfortable charting of new territory. You're beating a new path through the woods. But what you'll learn in that is you're like, oh, there's the game's even bigger than I thought. And how will that apply to the podcast? Is I'll find myself kind of lulling into comfort zone where I have on the same guests again and again, and I'll go fuck it's time to find some new guests and you find some and it's difficult it's not fun you gotta find his email it's because once you have a guest you establish that point of contact you've already threaded the rope through the hole once and now the it's informal now it's instead of like hello sir how are you doing you're like what's up fucker you want to do a podcast yeah fucker let's go there's this whole it's eased out more you have them felt out you know their flavor their personality some guys are cool some guys you got to be a little more a little more uh, pg with but you have that middle ground beaten right it's it's the comfort of a of an old of a like a longtime girlfriend rather than like the nervousness of like having to go out and like meet someone mm-hmm. new but it does carry over so now i'm in this sort of like this 
rebirth period where the last couple days I've emailed like 50 new guests just trying to get new people and I hate it and I'm like fuck how do I find these people you gotta go to their Twitter they don't have an about me where do you find their con and finally at the bottom of some page seven pages through you see like their email uh, associated with an old PayPal account and it's just like you know has you can tell it's not their professional because it'll be like you know you know I, I love my Labrador 77 and you're like there's their email and you email them and they'll get back to you and they're like sure I'd love to do your podcast and you're like got them and you you add that and now you you add that to your critical mass of podcasts you now have an even more obscure guest and your and your your resume becomes larger your your net becomes larger and you can go link that in a subreddit maybe nothing returns maybe the guy that gets back to you because he saw it in a subreddit ends up the guy investing in your podcast Exactly. And once again, it goes right back to power, attracting power, man. It's fucking insane. It's just, it's just about that. You know, it's about being able to dial into that frequency and know like, you know what, what's the information that everyone is wanting to get into? Well, you know, what do people want to know? Like, I remember when, you know, I was starting to figure this whole culture war shit out um, back in 2014, I was kind of thinking about writing a book. Yeah, not necessarily on the culture war or under restricted warfare or anything, but I was kind of thinking about writing a book about, you know, just how fucking subversive the entertainment industry was and, uh, you know, and how it bleeds into everything else that we see today. And, uh, you know, I, you know, and I kind of started writing it out and, you know, doing some writing exercise and everything, just get back into it and then, you know, start making a draft and everything. But then I started doing research. I started doing more research. And I started doing more research. And then it's like, eventually I just got to the point where it's just like, fuck all the books on the subjects that we need are pretty much already there. It's just nobody's fucking reading them. And so how do we get this material? How do we get these fucking big brain PhDs and like, and, and make it funny <laughs> or whatever the hell has to happen, make it funny, make it entertaining, make it engaging. How the fuck do we get people to read unrestricted warfare? Well, and so like, and so eventually I just said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to reinvent a wheel. I'm not fuck, fuck writing a book. I'm just going to try to get people to read unrestricted fucking warfare. Yeah. And, and from there on, it just kind of, that, that was the mission. The, yeah. The meta already exists. And mm -hmm. that is one thing I do like about this podcast. And maybe it's just my own delusions of grandiosity, but I like to think that kind of like playing video games, listening to audiobooks. I like to think that this podcast has an ability to take take these subjects that you'd never touch with a 10 foot. Who the fuck's going to just look up a book on unrestricted warfare? It's a Wednesday at 4.41 p.m. You come home from work. You're exhausted. You're going to read a book by two Chinese colonels. What the fuck? fuck? Dude, you're going to go get a sandwich and you want to take a nap. Like, Who the fuck's going to read the coin manual? <laughs> But if you can turn it into an entertaining podcast, right, mm -hmm. and you're just shooting the shit and you're wearing a Ben Franklin hoodie and you can sort of slip in, you can be talking about video games and then you slip in, you know, unrestricted warfare. It's kind of like, right, a, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down, right? Yeah, mean magic in action. You yeah. know, it's you know, it's it's getting something. You know, just getting people slipping the pill into in, yes. in the doggy treat. Yeah, put it you know, in however the, the hell you gotta do it. That's why it's like when I found your channel and saw what you were doing. I'm seeing all the guests I have on. It's like this guy's fucking figured it out. He's yeah, like he's he's in. making it happen. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta you gotta just yeah. You put the you put the nighttime medicine in the doggy treat. You know, like, you gotta take your tapeworm medicine and you give it to him. But that's how you gotta do it. Is you gotta make it funny. You yeah, it's like, I'm know. sorry, but the country's full. We have tapeworms as a country. We you have know, tapeworms. You know, we we got to get this pill down one way or the other. Motherfucker. Um, 
Yeah, man, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Well, you know, I mean, we did cover a whole lot, and we even went back and touched up on our on our five hour ship by by simplifying it down to the Rocco's podcast. Um, uh, oh yeah, I know. There's one thing I wanted to, I wanted to talk to you about sure. while I got you here. Sure, St. Charles, man, sixty two percent of the population has had. Um, two doses of the, of the COVID vaccine and they're going back into lockdown at Seychelles. And as I've mentioned before on this podcast, where a lot of the intelligence community likes to retire, um, Oconus is they like to get a house in Seychelles. And before COVID was even a thing, there was a really interesting phenomenon of just, you know, former CIA folks getting really fast onset cancer. I probably something to do with the book called Dr. Mary's monkey. Uh, have you ever read that book by the way? No. I'll have to send you that. Dr. Mary's monkey. It actually goes into like Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald and all kinds of weird biological work. You'll love this book, by the way. But um, but but before I go down that rabbit hole, I just wanted to I just wanted to know if you had heard about that Seychelles shit because that's like the that's the little black box. Um, one of the South African guys on Don Server called it the experimental population because it's a fucking little island that's basically controlled by the U.S. intelligence community. Wow, that's. Man, it does seem like they're ramping shit up, though, right? India, the hell of COVID in India. Hey, man, two doses, and we're still going back down into lockdown. Uh, you know, that's some that's some ballsy shit right there. What do you think about Bill and Melinda Gates getting divorced? Oh, that makes me so happy. That that is just I, I love the memes. There, there's a there's a meme that's uh, Bill Gates sitting there like looking for sing, vaccinated singles in your area, and right below it, it's a bunch of like women with rashes, and there's a little Wi-Fi signal right next to the rashes. <laughs> Have you seen Tim Dillon's tweet? And he's like, the judge has awarded custody of the vaccine to whoever. Dude, there there are some there are some lawyers right now that are watching that. Like, <clears throat> I mean, you know, you know, someone's about to get. You know, someone bought up almost all the farmland in the U.S., and now they're only going to have half of all the farmland in the you gotta, U.S. You gotta, you gotta love that wild card, right? He didn't have a prenup. He get, bold, mm. bold, 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 mm-hmm. bold, bold move, retard. I know that's a that's a big fuck up from the Mister Gates. But you know, something about me, whenever I see like a Bezos or a Gates get divorced and lose half their wealth, and part of me is like, these idiots part of me also kind of doubles up and goes is there more than meets the eye you know there probably is, is but there... when it comes to a guy like bill gates i'm like fuck him anyway oh yeah fuck no him, i don't get fuck him. No, no, fuck no, him straight no, to death no, anyway well, that, well that's what i mean is is this might not be fuck him to death i don't give a shit what i mean is like is this a tactical mm-hmm. move because these guys aren't stupid so what uh, it appears I mean, as like oh these idiots couldn't keep it in their pants now they're gonna lose 100 billion is it that simple you know, orange man, stupid. Is he well, just playing yeah. you? Now, also, okay, I'm not a lawyer, so there, there's probably about a million ways a lawyer could correct me. But if I had the war game out, like what would be the mega brain play is like, well, you know, maybe if there's the possibility that, you know, you're forming some kind of monopoly that could get cracked down upon or investigated at some point, if you can kind of like break that up through like a divorce and then you're going after multi. Yeah. Um, so, that, I mean, there, there are some strategies that could go in there, but I'm, I'm like I'm crossing my fingers and praying that we that we just get a, a very spiteful wife that, that wants to that wants, wants to stick it to him a little bit that wants to talk. Yeah, I want it. I, I need that in my life. I just yeah, but yeah, but I want to see him suffer. I just I want to see him wince in pain. But that's what I think about those when I see a Bezos and everyone's like this dumbass. Part of me thinks I'm like this guy doesn't 
Yeah, they could have like a blind or a private trust somewhere. That's where they, I, well, that's what I. Yeah. Mean, that's what I mean is I look at a guy with like Bezos whose Blue Origin is so secretive. Their level of like their level of like. Time. Yeah, they're the absolute opposite of Elon. Well, that's what I mean is so when I see a guy like that get taken down by like leaked photos of him having an affair. Part of me, like my quick, res- my quick reaction is, "What an idiot!" But as more time gets between me, just like you, and the news, and I can look back at it, I now think I'm like, "Is it this simple?" Yeah. What if they already cut up and divided everything through is this, like is this a blind trusts and yeah. stuff like that, and then all of a sudden they use that as a screen yeah. in the cover, not all, and all of a sudden, yeah. all of a sudden, it looks like it's it's decentralized and cut up, but it's not really. So yeah, that is one that that's something to worry about. That's that is one, one thing, thing to I think about, man. Is I'm like, is it you're not alone? Is it is it is this there? Are they chopping it up so it can't all be seized? Is it compartmentalized? Right? Is it? Is it redundancies? At, at, a, at a certain point, um, you know, if, if you're in that position, those are the kinds of things you'd have to think about. But also, regardless of whether or not that's what's happening, that's a that's a signal that they're scared. Uh, yeah. And that makes me happy. It also <laughs> might just be. I'm a psychic vampire. Yeah, I feed it, off that shit. <laughs> it also might just be that that guys are guys and they got caught cheating or something. And also incredibly possible. And considering the fact that I think Melinda is the the male of the relationship, I want to say it's probably Melinda that was out there getting some, and, and it was actually Mrs. Mrs. Bill. Did you see? Um, there's a picture of those two of Bill and Melinda, and someone commented, "This looks like a man and a woman dressing up as a woman and a man." I, I've I've seen a lot of people. Like I don't know if it's just a meme or if there's anything to back that conspiracy, but I've seen a lot of people talking about how like Bill Gates has been a woman all along that just dressed up as a man, and and you know what? It's like the least. God damn it! If the, like, yeah. you know what? if if Harvey Weinstein can can be a, a fucking what's the term for? Oh God, I'm pulling a blanket. Normally, Rapist. dick and vagina, dick uh, and vagina, oh, right? Yeah, hermaphrodite. Yeah. So if. I, there was something that came, like came out about that that he's got like some either a hermaphrodite or he's got like some deformed fucked up thing going on down there. Um, but you know what? I you know whether it's real or not, I find it fucking entertaining as shit. And goddamn it, if if Bill Gates isn't a woman in my mind, I don't know what the fuck it is because he actually that goddamn pink sweater vest control freak mentality. He's the most neurotic son of a bitch on the fucking planet. He, man, curveball. What if? What if she married Bezos and ex Bezos <laughs> married Gates? Then I would be and concerned. I I saw a meme that was just like Bill Gates is now single, the Queen of England is now single, and um, you know, not, not, and that and as soon as I that I couldn't help myself, the image popped in my head, and I, I had to I had to go and like you know take a take one of the, like a cartoon i had to take the towel and like stick it in through one ear and <laughs> yeah because it was just it was really bad like i just yeah. it was like that but the, like dust going everywhere and chalk dust because and yeah bones but uh, yeah chalk and shit because don't get wet no more but um you know but that's just the kind of fucked up memes that come out of that and i just enjoy it because at the end of the day you know, if there's one thing that, you know, I just you just know about the, the, the big tech people and those kinds of neurotic control freaks is they hate the memes. They hate oh, being yeah. made fun of. They can't fucking take it. So whether it's true or not, just, I don't give a fuck. I'm running with it because you just know it drives them fucking nuts. Means, yeah, it's. You know, I was just thinking this morning in the shower, it just kind of dawned on me. I was just thinking, like, what am I going to do today? I got a guest. I got David on. Then I got to go to I got to go to Walmart. I got to and just this like this almost like slight like the slight glimpse of like 
enlightenment. Like for a split second, I felt like I saw behind the veil. Part of my mind just said, I mean, ultimately none of it fucking matters because none of this is real. And like, like a psychopath, I was just laughing in the shower, laughing in a cold shower, rubbing like soap on our, my body. Our scores are going to be so high when this game's over. And yeah. it's it just for a brief moment, I realized I was like, absolutely none of this matters. This moment is just a frame in one part of a movie that lasts forever. And this universe is just a, uh, a fleeting thought in the dream of a dream of a god. And for a brief moment, I was like, oh, yeah. None of it matters, but it's a fun game, so I'm going to keep playing. I got to wash my sink. I got to get some dinner. <laughs> just like for a brief moment. Yeah. This, Every now and then you just you have those little moments. And, and that's what that's what keeps you. It's like that. And when you you know, when you when you're at the golf course and you nail that perfect drive and you put it on the green or you're at the 700 yard line and you fire that 308 round and you get to watch the trace and you see that and you see the 10 inch plate start swinging in the back and you're just like physics baby like science just physics nothing else oh. matters for mm. just a moment i know just that moment it's like everything's just, just a perfect. moment you, you're perfect. not concerned with the importance of winning the battle of midway in terms of how the world is set up today for just you're a just second. you're just happy playing the fucking game and knowing that you are a beast at the game you're just for a minute it's right before enlightenment chop wood carry water after enlightenment mm-hmm. chop wood chop carry wood and water. carry water sometimes you just Oh yeah, none of it matters. Mm-hmm. But it's a fun game. When you're playing a video game on the off day with the audio on instead of listening to a book, do you sit there going, "Well, what is the purpose of the drop in the bu-? no? I'm doing a tight barrel roll and dropping a JDAM on an oil tanker in a fictional fictional universe, and it's just good. There's a delayed noise. Mm-hmm. You see the flash, and then boom, and you bank and you release the flares. And there's nothing more to it than that. You're just- That's why I like strength, grand strategy games and stuff like that because you can just you can bomb things on like Stellaris, for example. I haven't played it in the longest time, but Paradox Interactive, they make a whole bunch of grand strategy games that used to be for the most part pretty good until they until the company became actually well known. The Cloudswitz engine was really good for grand strategy. You know, basically run Crusader Kings two, which would be like the medieval Middle Ages kind of thing, um, and it would run into you, and you could actually transfer your game save, so you could run all the way through um, from Middle Ages and Crusader Kings two. Europa um, EU4, which would be like your Age of Sail expansionist um, kind of era, and then it would go into Vicky 1, which would be kind of your industrialization, your World War One era, and that rolls into Hearts of Iron, which is uh, leading up to World War Two, and just, you know, the big clusterfuck and whatnot. But then they came out with, you know, kind of their first foray and just saying, fuck it, let's make a fictional game, and they called it Stellaris, so that's their 4X um, space game. And it's all about just just war crimes. Nuke the planet, enslave the populace, purge the populace, kill the entire fucking species off, enslave the entire fucking species. Who gives a fuck? You're a goddamn interstellar war criminal. Just fucking do it. Just get out there. You can create an AI fucking army. The AI army can go rogue on you. Might terminate your entire species. Whoops. You know, uh, you know, just fun stuff like that. You know, just just really fun maximum scale war crimes. There's there's I had a dream like three months ago that I played Grand Theft Auto Six. <laughs> right? No, that's that's interesting. You got into the astral beta early right there. <laughs> and I was disappointed because it was good, but it wasn't eight years waiting good. All right. and, I, and I woke up and I was very happy it was a dream. Last night I had a dream that I got to play uh, GTA six. And I remember plugging, putting the game in, 
And I, and in my dream, I was talking to someone. I was going, you know, I actually had a dream. I played this a couple months back, and the game sucked. But I'm glad I get to play it for real now. And the game sucked again. And I woke up today. And that's the only time I've ever been in a dream, not know I'm in a dream, and talk about a previous dream that actually did exist in my life. It's I cited last night in my dream. I cited a dream from like January, without no. It was a fucking. I've had a few where it's kind of like Groundhog's Day almost, where it's like, you know, where at first it's kind of like, did I just go through the same dream twice? And then it's like, I'd have like a third dream that's like almost the same situation in another environment. And at a certain point, it's just like, all right, all right, there's a lesson here. Something's fucking, there's something, there's some kind of cosmological fuckery going on that's trying to teach me a lesson. And it's usually really funny because it, it, when it happens like that and, and everything, it's normally that same kind of thing where it's like, it's not necessarily me in the scenario, but it's me looking at me playing some weird game or, or doing something else. And it's, it's like inception almost where it's like, you're just trying to, and you're just sitting there like, wait, why the fuck is my brain even doing this right now? Like what, like what the fuck am I trying to get to? And it's like, it's one of those moments where it's like, man, I almost kind of want to go like some goddamn hip hypnotist therapist to try to figure out what the fuck's going on there. But it's just weird shit like that, where it's like your, your, your subconscious will get caught on some like weird little thing and you'll just be like orbiting around it in dreams, like hitting it from different angles until you like figure out what the fuck you're, whatever that, that lizard subconscious part of your brain is that's trying to get that message through. It'll just orbit around that, that area until you, until you've seen it from 360 degrees and you know what that is supposed to be. It's just, it's a fucking weird thing because I normally don't, I normally don't remember my dreams a lot of the time. And then every now and then I'll just have this phase where it's just like, it's really fucking intense and, and it happens kind of, uh, consecutively. And, um, you know, and I guess that's the kind of shit that like Alex Jones talks about where he's like, I don't need DMT or ayahuasca. I've got all the DMT I need. I go to bed at night and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the throne of God and the wall of fire. And I'm seeing it all, Joe. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. There's a black hole in the center of the universe and God wants to know where God came from. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, yeah. but it's always a weird thing, right? Because you're in a dream and you wake up and never, you never know it's, sometimes you do. You never yeah. know it's a dream until you wake up and you're so certain that that is reality. And man, I think the lesson is, is like, well, how certain are you about this reality right now? What's really interesting is when you get to like lucid dreaming stuff, man. That, yeah, that's it's weird. Because I've had that happen a few times and whenever it happens, I fucking levitate in the goddamn yeah. It'll be like the uh -huh. weirdest. I'll, I'll just also, I'll just, yeah, I'll just be like, I'll, I'll become self-aware in a dream. And then I'll, I'll just like, I'll literally, I'll just raise up off the ground and everyone else in the dream will just be like, what the fuck? And, and then next thing you know, I'm just like floating around, uh -huh. hovering over people, just watching what the fuck's going on over here. What the fuck's going on over there? And like, that's only happened a few times in my life, but I'll never fucking forget the first time that I noticed it because I was chasing Obama. No shit. And this is this is before I was like like I hated Obama's guts or anything. This was just like eh, like Obama just got elected and we'll give him a shot, see how it goes. But for some reason I had a fucking dream where I just levitated off the fucking ground and started chasing Obama. And Obama's fucking running from me. I don't even know why the fuck I had that dream, because I didn't even have a problem with Obama yet. But it just happened. I was like, what the fuck was that? And then it happened a few other times in other dreams. It's just like it's this weird thing where like you just snap and become self aware and it's like you know, it's like you go into like developer mode in a game where it's like you like pan back like third yeah. person. You're just going around hovering over shit. It's. I think the lesson in dreams is that 
I think this life has to be a dream because we take it. I mean, I've beaten this idea to death. So has everyone. It's not an original thought, but like, I mean, really, what are we? We're these weird skin. We've got like moist leather surfaces. We've got these weird hard things on the tips of our fingers. And we're I know, and we get pruny so we can grip things when we're in rice patties and, and shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and what are we actually doing? We're talking right now. We're reverberating noise, and it's well, it's the big picture. Is we're on this. We're just on a rock. We're just on a rock in. <laughs> Well, what's that? Oh, it's the universe. What to do? It goes on forever. Anyway, I gotta go get my mail. You just don't... You just don't... It's just... That's it. And it's... And we just kind of forget that we're loaded into a simulation. It's like the fucking... The, the largest school that we ever fucking... Ever yeah. considered in our lives. And it's the whole goddamn thing's college, basically. It's the, the whole thing is college. And we're just mm-hmm. learning... And then you get even crazier. And it's like, is this just one course in college? Are we taking several... Are we taking a big workload and are we just in our sophomore year? See, that's where I think like next level is like we find out that like D&D and Hollow Earth shit's real and like the next level it's like, all right, now we got wizards. All right, listen, you figured out how to, how, how to deal with technology, yeah. how to wipe your ass, you know, and make your own tools. All right, now, now, that, now, now that you haven't blown yourself up with that, we're just going to let you shoot fireballs out of your asshole. Yeah. You know, you like, just, boom, you, let's go. You do that for a couple hundred <laughs> lifetimes and then you finally become a god. And then you realize that that's just another school. And so that's kind of the funny thing of like Elder Scrolls coming from D&D, like straight up, that's where Elder Scrolls came from is it was essentially D&D. And so in D&D, you know, the whole system is you have a D20, 20 sided dice, right? And basically one is failure. You roll a 20, you're walking on water like like Jesus. 20 is literally, you, you have a 20 level stat in anything, you're on par with the god, essentially. So like a, a level 20 character basically becomes a god. And so the way that people kind of handle that, a lot of GMs kind of like to keep things low fantasy. You know, they like to keep the, the magic uh, few and far between. And, you know, you usually try to kill off a character or have it retire before it hits level 20 because if you have a bunch of level 20 gods running around, all oh, shit, shit gets re- weird really fucking quick, especially when all those gods uh, got there by being a bunch of murder hobos. And Elder Scrolls pretty much go on the opposite end of the low fantasy. Let's try to keep that, you know, kind of minimal tamp down so it's special when it's there. Elder Scrolls was just like, well, what would happen if you had a universe where all these dudes that just go around fucking, you know, fucking shit up and hit level 20 and basically become gods. Well, what, what would that universe be like? And that's essentially how Elder Scrolls was spawned. And that's why there's all this, you know, magic is everywhere. There's all kinds of godlike beings doing stuff. And like, it's even like baked into the lore that I, I think it's like called Shim or something like that. But basically the, it, it's the occult concept, which is you realize you are inside the dream of the Godhead. And once you realize that, you either zero sum out of existence or you basically can just you, you realize that you can just open up the console and fucking mod the game, hack the game, do whatever the fuck you want because you're God now. And, and so that's actually where Elder Scrolls comes from is the concept of exploring that from D&D and widening that out on, on the greater level. And if you go at and you look into the reading and, and stuff like that of the lore from back in the Morrowind, pre-Morrowind days, that's actually what it all comes from is basically the D&D game that blew up and said, well, what would happen if we have level 20 characters everywhere? Buy my merch. You're all gods. <laughs> God stream. At, at the, it's amazing. I mean, like, come, don't, 
don't you want the godlike hoodie? All right, that, that's like that will give you all right enough bonus to whatever the fucking stat. I mean, you can go through. He's got the he's got the plus dex stam hoodies. He's got the plus strength stam hoodies. He's got the intellect stam hoodies. It's gonna boost your stats. It's gonna get you to level twenty. It will. At the very least, it'll support the podcast. And that that alone supports the fight. That is supporting the info war. You are the resistance. If you hear this, you are the resistance. David, my man, as always, fucking classic. It's always a good time, man. Hit me up. We'll do it again whenever. Absolutely, my friend. I love you, brother. Everybody, stay safe, stay healthy. God bless America. Be a good person. Life is just a dream, so why be an asshole? Fuck yeah. All right, dog. I'll see you, man. (laughs) Peace. Peace.